What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 69 of the No Mercy podcast. Episode 3 of the Conspiracy Editions uh, brought on Bob, Ben, and Kurt, and we discussed the 9-11 conspiracy theories. I don't even think it's a conspiracy theory. I just think it's fucking fact that obviously this shit was an inside job and too many things don't add up. But I'll let you decide for yourself uh, after this hour and a half. I know it says two hours, but the first 30 minutes was White Claw, Trump's vape pen ban, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, and I think we hit something else in the beginning there. But uh, the last hour and a half is all 9-11 conspiracy shit. Uh, We went down some deep rabbit holes. We went down some logical rabbit holes. But we pretty much covered everything you need to know about 9-11. For those of you that are not believers that this was an inside job, hopefully by the end of this, even if you're not a believer, it'll give you enough pause to start doing your own research online. That's what these conspiracy episodes are for. Not to convince you of anything, just to open your mind up and then have you do your own research, come to your own conclusions. Uh, Check us out on Twitter, uh, at Tommy G, at Bob's Lessons, at The Bod No Mercy, and at X Benjamin X, and of course at No Mercy Pod. Uh, give us a like, give us a review, give us a subscribe, give us all the good shit that you can give us if you want these things to keep coming. Uh, love your tweets. As I said before, you guys are amazing at tweeting some shit it looks like I paid you for, but uh, see if you can get those on iTunes. Put those reviews on iTunes. Let us know what you think. And uh, everything that you write, every download, every subscription, every friend you tell helps us, helps the podcast. Uh, helps us get bigger and better guests as we go forward, and I got some big ones lined up. So uh, without further ado, hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy, Tommy G, a disgruntled Tommy G, after dealing with these three fucking morons in the pre-show. But uh, we are here with episode 69 of the No Mercy podcast, number 69. I know a lot of you out there are very excited about that. And this is episode three of the Conspiracy Theory Edition. So we're doing a ton of football content all over the place, all over the sites on EliteFantasy.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. We do the live streams on EliteFantasy.com behind the scenes. I'm doing stuff with Rappaport. This is my two-hour escape from football of the week. And it is 9-11. We are recording on 9-11. We are planning on dropping the podcast on 9-11. We had a conversation amongst the group, and we decided that it probably wasn't the most appropriate thing to drop a 9-11 conspiracy podcast on 9-11. So full transparency, we're recording it on 9-11, but we're dropping it on 9-12. So you guys are probably hearing this Thursday morning uh, in case any information on Antonio Brown or the vape stuff, whatever other shit we're going to talk about changes, just be aware of that. I'd first like to introduce the person who is only third on the shit list right now, and that is the bod coming in first. What up, bod? The fuck's up, son? No theme music. You dropped the ball. No, no, shout-out to all the QTNs and shout-out to the bodies. Don't think I forgot about you. I got two groups. You've ignored them for a while. So, Kurt, you only did about two things wrong on the pre-show. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm very proud of you. Uh, Next, I'm going to introduce our lead conspiracy theorist here, the most rational conspiracy theorist that we have, Ben Jammin. What up, Ben? What's going on, Tommy? Thanks for having me back. Ben, you you were totally fine, actually, today. You didn't really do anything wrong. You were fine. 
But uh, do you promise you're not going to be uh, crumpling uh, bubble wrap during the show this time? <laughs> I can't make any promises, but if I do, I'll do it quieter. Okay, yes. Please make sure the bubble wrap <laughs> is all popped around you. For people who heard the first edition last time, we did clean it up. But uh, Ben's going to kill it today because 9-11 is one of his specialties. And then the fucking first person on my shit list right now who had to use seven different recording items, <laughs> had to download six different things, had to take two pisses, mistimed the recording three times for the pre-show. Bob's Lessons, our resident fucking knucklehead. What up, Bob? What up? Representing all the uh, country bumpkin uh, God-fearing patriots out here in the South. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. So let's get this going. So... This is going to be a 9-11 conspiracy podcast. Obviously, this is something that uh, we're all touched by. Um, one of the very few days or moments of death, I guess you can say, that literally hit home when you wake up. Uh, we've all been affected by it, especially those of us living up here in the Northeast. The three of us and Bob, your whole family's up here, too, or half your family. So, uh, so we do not take the 9-11 situation lightly for the lives that have been lost. We've all lost people. It's unfortunate. It's terrible. Never forget but it should piss you off the fact this whole thing was conspired. This whole thing was an inside job. Um, I'm going to go as far as to say if you don't believe that, you're a complete fucking moron. Whereas in most of the conspiracy theories, I say there's room for doubt. We're 70%. We're 80%. This one's 101%. So we're going to get to that in a minute. And we'll start that in probably what I call five minutes, which will be 20 minutes or 50 minutes. But... First, I want to touch on this Antonio Brown shit that's going on because we're not doing a football podcast this week. Do any of you have a strong stance on what's going on with AB from Helmetgate to the Patriots to now the rape accusations? Uh, I think it's a scam. I think he found the loophole. Didn't he do what Garrett Blunt did to get to the Patriots? I mean, most people do this shit to get to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. So if we're talking about what he did to get to the Patriots, fine. That's a scam. The league has to do something. They have to do something with all these holdouts, and now everyone's going to start doing this. If you're talking about the rape allegations, anytime a big celebrity or big athlete gets accused, I always take a step back and wait for details because there are people just looking for money. And the fact yeah. that he went back to her on three different occasions makes it even more suspect. Like, she invited him over. There's he a came over lot there. of holes in this story. Yeah, but those like emails are, were fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, Ben, give me your take on it so far. I think that it was pre-planned from the beginning for him because he heard through his agent that if he was a free agent, then the Patriots were interested in him. And so I think he just concocted this plan and, you know, all those different things that he was doing, releasing the you know the the uh, audio recording of John Gruden and the uh, the letter that got him suspended and fined and all all that kind of stuff I think it was just a little overboard and you know he is a drama queen and prima donna and everything but this it just seems so pre planned that it's just hard to not believe that he knew exactly what he was doing beforehand. Okay, Bobby. I Have you? Do you even follow anything outside of conspiracy theories? Oh come on! You know I'm a football guy. I I, th- oh, I always yeah. thought it was I thought it was really weird that the the sexual assault allegation came out now, you know, two days after he signed with the Patriots. So that's the one it's, thing that kind of sparked my interest. And this yeah, happened this in 2017, the, right? Well, that's the thing. This, I mean, listen. More details are going to flow out through this. Supposedly, she asked him for money initially, and the whole trainer shit that people are talking about is a total ruse. He just wanted to fuck her. She just wanted to fuck him. That's what this was. I will go out and say that right now without knowing any more details. Antonio Brown doesn't need, like, some ballerina flexibility trainer who's a hot female. 
and that female doesn't train Antonio Brown for a couple of days and then ask him for a million dollars to help start his business. Right. This was a mutually, he wanted to fuck her, she wanted his money. Same thing that every athlete deals with every time they meet a hot chick. If she said she was a model, he would have volunteered to photograph for her. If he said he had back pain, she would have been a chiropractor. So I, I, my opinion is that's how it started. Antonio Brown's a complete fucking batshit crazy nut job and possibly brilliant based on some of the shit that he's done. We don't, that, that story hasn't been fully done yet. He might be the most brilliant man in America. But these two fucked around. You fuck around with a psychopath like Antonio Brown. She seems nuts and a money-hungry gold digger. And they probably did some kinky shit. They probably got fucked up together, probably doing blow, probably drinking, sent some texts. He wrote some crazy-ass shit to her, which seems very Antonio Brown, about bitch this, bitch that. Uh, she was asking him for money and trying to extort him. So I don't have a side on this whatsoever. Um, we know Antonio Brown's crazy, so I do believe he came on her back on the couch. That seems very Antonio Brown. I believe he did shit when she was sleeping. I don't know if it was they were just kinky like that or whatever the fuck it is. The one thing that is weird is what Kurt said. If this guy sexually assaulted you twice in 2017, why are you back at his house training him again in 2018? Like, that's a whole... The fact that she's getting married this week, like... Isn't the last thing you want to do the week you're getting married cause some national fucking headline drama? She saw an opportunity with all the shit that was going down and said, you know what? As much as this might fuck up my wedding, I'm coming out with this now. Doesn't mean the allegations aren't true. Just means both these people seem pretty batshit and pretty shady. So I also am going to refrain from extreme judgment. And you know what? what, The funniest part to me is like, you're going to do this lawsuit after he just lost all, all of his guaranteed money he had and not, you know, with a $30 million contract. You wait until the week that he loses all that money. It's just hysterical. It's, yeah, but how did this break? Like, who broke this story? Where did it come from? I just saw it all over Twitter, mm-hmm. like, this yeah. morning. Where does anything come from? It just pops but up. But again, that's the important. See, this is where you always get mad at me. But that's the important thing. Like, who broke this story? Was it AB? Was it her? Was it... His camp? Was it her camp? It's Who not going to be it? his camp. Why is his camp going to put out a fucking yeah. letter that he raped someone? Yeah, well, the same like reason what's-her-name showed her tits because she was held for ransom. Well, I mean, that's, that's you a can different, beat the story. A completely different situation. But no, it was her camp. It was, uh, it was she filed a civil suit against him. So this and is then civil. The it's not criminal. Report. It's not criminal yet. It's just civil, which is also shady. Right. Right? Like, if you're saying the guy raped you, why are you making a civil suit? Unless you're worried about, you know, it's like all part of the circus, man. You know, you sound a little low, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Bob, you do. Why sound are you low. mumbling? Let me bring it up. Hello. No, don't don't worry about your volume. Your volume is fine. <laughs> Why are you speaking so low? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm far away yeah. from the microphone. There we go. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, get closer. <laughs> oh, so I have to talk <laughs> towards the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a. Fu- We're gonna have to do video for these shows. Once we get all the audio down with you guys and get yeah, you once guys we figure on the, out audio. <laughs> yeah, once, once we get you guys on the same equipment as me and Kurt so that we don't have to worry about that. But I just want to watch what Bob does the whole time. <laughs> like, I just want to see what goes on. And after Ben's bubble wrap popping the other day, I want to watch what both of you guys do. Today. That'll be interesting. So I'm going to have uh, to put my shirt on? <laughs> yeah, put your pants on. <laughs> I think that so girl's from Memphis, end. too. I think she went to uh, a high school here in Memphis. Well, really? Yep. Make it even crazier. Yep. Yeah. They're all nuts down there, aren't they? So so that's the Antonio Brown situation. Odell Beckham right now is uh, refused. I don't know if you guys have heard as much about this. This kind of just dropped a day or so ago. Odell Beckham wore a $189,000 watch during the game and then decided that he does not want to take it off. 
So he said he's going to wear the watch for the rest of the season and everyone else can go fuck themselves. So conspiracy theorists unite. We had the conspiracy theory on Antonio Brown. That's why this applies. Antonio Brown to the Patriots. We all do we all vote that this was contrived by Antonio Brown to get to the Patriots? Well, yeah, yeah, didn't he right. hire yeah. a PR firm for all this too? I mean, yeah, he, he was dealing with social well, media. Yeah, look at the video. Yeah, that video was professionally done for sure. Right, yeah, it's not like it wasn't he like did, an right? Instagram video. Right. Yeah. So conspiracy theorists unite. We're in full. So agreement. what's our percentages? A hundred percent. Hundred. Yeah, I'm at eighty six. Yeah. You saying conspired from the moment he I'll got released from Pittsburgh? No, I don't no. think it's since then. I think he started conspiring it. You know, when David Carr threw him the first pass, maybe, or something like that. Yeah, or the, when the Bill Belichick, who's notorious for being the shadiest dude in the world, uh, probably reached out to him or someone else reached out to him. Who knows? These yeah, guys through, are all tight. Someone could have gotten on the phone uh, with him and agent, said, hey. But, I mean, the most telling thing to me is why, uh, why I think it was so contrived from the beginning is when you saw that video of him reacting to him getting released, like, that's not... That's not a typical reaction of what happens when you get released. Like, to be that excited without right. knowing what your future holds, you know? Yeah, he knew what his future held. Yeah, it was yeah. like less than 24 hours before he had a contract. And those contracts don't just make themselves that yeah. quickly. It's like there you find out at 4 o'clock. He was signed at like 4 p.m. and he was signed by 4.30. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, like it was like literally, like yeah. that contract was done a week ago. Yeah. Like, and, uh, just, like, and so the other conspiracy part for the girl. Do you think the girl... And this, and we know Antonio Brown's fucking nuts, but do you think this girl is the conspiracy in you ringing that she's doing this intentionally, or was she really raped by Antonio Brown and she's just? Well, I think it could be both. Like that, maybe he did beat off on her back, and at the time, yeah, and she probably didn't care, and now she's looking back at it like, oh, wait a minute, I can get money for that, and now she's bringing it back up. So, what would you say? What percentage chance do you feel like this girl really believed for the last two years that she was raped by Antonio Brown? Um, I'm going to say eighty percent. Well, is is it rape that she was accusing her? Just sexual assault. Yeah, I mean, she's accusing her of rape. I don't think she realized it was rape till she said he raped me. I was on a bed. I said no. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying as of now, pursuing. He penetrated me without my permission. I mean, that's yeah, but that's stuff you can't prove. That's why it's easy to just throw it out there. I'm not saying it's either way, but. It, how do you prove it? Yeah, that fourth time we had sex was definitely not my yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you keep going back then? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. So uh, now the next conspiracy, OBJ, we just talked about the watch, $189,000 watch. He's refusing to take off, and he wants everyone to stop talking about the watch and just talk about football. That's nope. OBJ's statement. I, I wish people would just focus on me on the field. Um, this coming from a guy who has really done absolutely fucking nothing outside of put up some decent numbers, never won a ring, just like Antonio Brown never won a ring. And the things you know OBJ for most are partying on a boat five days before a game in Lambeau, you know, in Miami, preparing for the frigid temperatures of Lambeau, posing for pictures on a bed with pizza and a girl doing blow right next to him, crying on the sidelines, uh, beating up a fucking kicker's net, then proposing (laughs) to said kicker's net a week or two later, losing by 40 points in week one to fucking... Tennessee in a game that they were favored. So this man Crying wants us to talk injuries. about the fucking him on the field. Do you think there's something more to this OBJ watch? No, because what would it be? Oh, he just wants to get on the headlines. Mm-hmm. I, I have something that I just came up with that I think that could be behind the scenes on this. And and this this is obviously wild speculation, but ju- just thinking what from, we're here you know, for a money and numbers <laughs> standpoint, like he's getting fined. What, like a couple hundred thousand dollars a week or something like that? Right. And this 
watches close to $200,000. What if he's getting a cut from each one that's yes. sold after this whole thing and yes. he's ballooning up the price I and he's having so. more of them sold and he's making more than what he would be fine and it's just a business opportunity. It's ding, too expensive ding, ding. of a watch. If it was no. an affordable watch that most people could get, I could see it, but it's a watch that you have to be a millionaire to get and no yeah. millionaire is going to get that watch because OBJ is wearing it. Well, the price uh, has already went up to If you're a millionaire, would you get that watch because OBJ is wearing it? Well, time you believe every conspiracy. (laughs) What did you say, Ben? (laughs) I wouldn't get it anyway. But I mean, the the price of it uh, initially was like 190k, and now the price is up to like 350k. There you go. He moved the needle. (laughs) What company? Now keep in mind, Richard Uh, Mill, Mill. who I didn't even know what the fuck that was beforehand. But I'm going to Richard Mill. Exactly. So I'm with Ben here, and (laughs) Tommy's about to go buy one on this one. <laughs> I mean, it has to be. It has to be the situation. Like someone paid him more money than this okay, so watch th- th- that fines are worth. Think of it like this. Okay, so if you total up all the fines, what is it equal to? Like one point six million or something like that. Probably like that. Okay, so how many watches would they have to sell to make back that one point six million? Not many. Not many. Considering they're fucking two hundred grand each. Right. Not many. So you sell eight, ten watches, you make your money back. That's. I could yeah, here's my he other thing to that we all it. know what Richard Mill is, and I'm looking on their website right now, and that seems to be the most expensive Richard Mill watch. Richard Mill seems to also have much cheaper watches, so mm. maybe now they're trying to draw everyone over to RichardMill.com, yes. which I'm on right now, and we've and never then heard start of looking this at other watches. today. Yeah, I've never heard of it ever. It's a fucking two hundred thousand dollar plastic watch, so. I, I think there's more to this. I think this is definitely something behind the scenes. Or it could just be OBJ needing to fucking stay in the spotlight. And, you know, people weren't talking about him as much with Antonio Brown and all this shit. So well, he needed Baker to Mayfield is bigger. What, is yeah. he, what does right. he make per game? Or what is he making a season right now? Do you know? 12 mil a no, season? I, I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but here's the thing. You're not allowed to wear it. Like, we couldn't wear a watch in high school football because of a safety issue. What's going to happen when he cuts someone with that watch or something happens with that watch? Well, he he says he's being targeted. (laughs) He said said they wouldn't complain if it was a $20 watch or if no one else. Keep in mind, OBJ is very insecure, too. By the way, five years, $77 million. Um, He's very insecure, too. Um, We know – well, I know he's gay. Um, I, I don't know if you that. guys realize that yet. I've been saying that for five years. Yeah, I was going to say affair. that. I was going to bring that up. Like, we all know that, right? Like, his love affair with the Kardashian up. boy. I think, I think him and Landry, too. Yeah, no. I, I think well, they went like, to LSU together, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. that's oh, probably boy. why he went to Brown. Is this so, another yeah, conspiracy coming? Well, no, the hyperfeminization of the male athlete. Well, that actually, hyperfeminization of the male athlete. Larry Johnson, if you're not following him on Twitter, Larry Johnson from the Kansas City Chiefs fame the running back who rushed for 1,800 yards in back-to-back seasons, uh, me and him have actually become friendly, started through some of his tweets. He's a huge conspiracy theorist. Um, he's even deeper than maybe everyone on here as far as the conspiracy theories. Um, it's at 2LarryJohnson7 on Twitter. Uh, you guys know who he is, one of the best running backs. For, that two years was probably the best two years I've ever seen from a running back. That's and, what uh, he posted fantasy. Literally the first year I played fantasy football, I had Larry Johnson. Right, he was like he, he won us all all our leagues after that, right? I think Priest and, Holmes uh, got injured like before the season started, and Larry, and, uh, Larry Johnson just took over. Mm-hmm. Was that two thousand six? I'm actually friends with Tony Richardson too, the uh, his fullback. Yep. But uh, Larry, actually, me and him have been talking. We're gonna bring Larry on to No Mercy. We've already committed to it, so uh, make sure you give Larry a follow. 
We're going to have uh, Larry Johnson on here on No Mercy talking conspiracy theories. He's real deep with it. The thing about it is he's deeper than you guys are ready for right now. So when you look at his tweets, you'll probably be like, oh, that's a little crazy. That seems a little nutty. But he's tweeting this shit that we're not ready to tweet yet. So props to him because, Bob, you said before you came on, dude's dead on with everything. He's based, right? Isn't that the word I used? He's based. Based. Bob loves that word, based. (laughs) So it's a lot of biblical satanic worship, which we talk about. But he was talking about the hyperfeminization of the African-American male and of the, the, Amer- the athlete. So we'll have Larry Johnson, our expert on that contact, considering he played in the league and is still friends with a lot of these guys, to talk about all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, this OBJ thing is a stunt. He's definitely getting paid for it. He's definitely being re- reimbursed by Richard Mill. Or he just wants cares more about his fashion side than he does about his football, which is also possible. Maybe he cares more about being a diva than a football player. I don't get how he's allowed to wear it. But. Right. Well, he's not. That's why. I mean, they he's said. building his brand, and then, I, you know, who knows how much he makes on social media every time he posts. You know, has he posted right. a picture of him with the watch? I, I mean, there's I been mean, nothing but pictures. They shouldn't let him on the field, though. It's like, That's what, what I think. So I when think do you, you stop it? Can you wear a spiked bracelet now? Like, yeah. you can't wear anything. You can't wear anything on your wrist that can cut someone. Right. Listen, I think they should ban all jewelry in all yes. sports. Yeah. All sports. Baseball. Football, basketball, you can't wear anything in basketball. You shouldn't be able to wear anything in baseball. Earrings, there's no need for it. When I watch guys get up to the plate with three gold chains on and slide into second base head first with the thing almost you know, choking them out, it's insanity. You don't need jewelry on a field. You could, you could be a diva. I was a diva. Kurt, you remember. I used to wear different color socks, different oh, color God. wristbands, yeah. you know, tattoos stoking out. Like, you yeah, the I was OBJ the biggest diva. of our high school. I was 100% the OBJ, except I was straight and I was very masculine and very good. I do but, think they uh, need to bring back the ninja headband. I don't know why they got rid of that. That was a little weird. I, I don't know why they got rid of that either. Yeah, all but I if know you notice, is that next time we do a podcast, we're going to just magically be on video and Tommy's going to be flashing his Richard Mill watch in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at them. They are pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think this is just more social programming and just ridiculousness and uh, OBJ is just being mind controlled well, by here, someone. Here's my probably. question. Isn't... Isn't the NFL licensed as a sports entertainment agency rather than like a competitive sports? And like the only. I think they're the only one. Other than the WWE or something like that? Right. I think they're the only ones that are licensed as that. But I mean, you're seeing it. The whole league's falling apart. Yeah. Players holding out for no reason. The holdouts are getting ridiculous. The holdouts are insane. Like, why is Melvin Gordon even holding out? That doesn't make any sense because just take your money and you're you're free next year. Like, a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. But this diva millennial culture goes to my white claw theory oh these, you know it's, it's true that it's just a follower culture it's a millenn- i told everyone five years ago on sirius xm that this whole everyone's like well football feels like it's getting soft baseball feels like it's getting this football the basketball seems like it's one-on-one and three-point shooting it's because the millennials have taken over sports these guys are all in their 20s these are all millennials. They're all crybabies. They're all picketers. They're all whiners. They're all complainers. None of them are tough. You literally can take the modern athlete and put him in a poster next to the liberal tree-hugging climate change picketer, and they're the same temperament and personality. Mm-hmm. Just cry, complain, blame. That's their whole thing. So, I mean, that's what's happening. Tommy, I got one more football one before we get into 9-11. Mm-hmm. So... I saw on, on Barstool that Gronk said that if he was offered $10 million and he was allowed to wear number 69, that he would return to the Patriots three games before the playoffs. See, Gronk's fucking with people right now. I've seen all the Gronk stuff. Keep in mind, I drafted him in my home league. So I actually have Gronk. So I think I 
positive he's coming back. But Gronk's fucking with people too. He'd said it during the pizza review. He said it, he said he'd wear sixty nine. Basically, what Gronk has said though and made clear on is: listen, until they legalize CBD for the NFL, I'm not coming back. Yeah, he's a huge sponsor of CBD. He can't yeah, come right. back. Right, so that's going to be one of the big issues that he's going to have. But all the other shit, I think he's just straight. They're going to drug test him the second he says I'm coming back. Right, yeah, but, but I that's think not THC. That's CBD. I'm telling you, man. I don't know how long w- that CBD is looking ripped. This is the WWE. The NFL's taking tips from the WWE. The UFC's taking tips from the WWE. You know, I mean, these are sports entertainment industries mm-hmm. now. You know, so it's just brand it's, building, it's just and a, you know. Gronk lo- is so, it, has Gronk made any appearances on the WWE yet? I know he said he wanted to. I mean, sure. I, the last time I watched WWE was when I was seven. But isn't so, all this stuff um, hurting the NFL? These holdouts, these loopholes to it go to the It doesn't matter. Patriots. The NFL has lost control. Yeah. That's what I mean. You know, like, that's the thing. It's like entertainment, it, but they don't want this to happen. But they can't control it because the they PC can if crowd. They smart. Eh, they can't because you can't do anything nowadays because everything's deemed racist. I got deemed racist the other day when I said cam newton's outfit after the game was absolutely fucking ridiculous with the feathers and the scarves and like you just lost the fucking huge game opener but you're gonna go take time to put yourself in costume you know for your post game interview because i just came off saying that it would be jay and antonio brown were fucking you know garbage which i've said for years the funny thing about it is 85 percent of the skill position players in the nfl are african-american so if i'm bashing anyone i get called racist meanwhile I've said numerous times, I think Russell Wilson, Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins are the fucking role models for the NFL. Not Brady, not Ben. It's those guys. Those four African-American men are the role models for the NFL. So it's not a fucking race thing. The problem with the NFL, Kurt, though, is the second you go to penalize someone, everyone pulls the race card and starts going crazy. Well, I think a lot of people mix up culture and racism. So you're not into this culture of look at me, even though that's what you are. Look right. at me, flashy stuff, flashy this. No, I it's like not flashy. Race. I love Terrell it's Owens. Culture. I love Ocho, Cin- Ocho Cinco. But do your fucking job. Right. Live up to your yeah. contract. Play through your contract. Wear fucking crazy colors if you want. But stop fucking being insane off the field. It's so funny that you hate that because it's exactly what you are. I mean, I, I know it is, but it's exactly what you are. I also showed up to practice, worked my ass off, and produced on oh the field. Oh, my God. 30 minutes on your wristbands, 40 minutes what? on your That's socks, fine. the tape. The tape had to be a certain way, and then you colored your tape a certain Oh, my I wrote God. stuff on my tape. I colored my tape 100%. Oh. I had blue and then white and then blue yeah. and then white. Of course. But guess what? But guess what? I showed up for every game. I worked my ass off. I produced. I'm still on the wall of my high school. Oh, here and, we go. And that's the bottom line. You were the different. Uh-huh. You were the old school fucking uh, 85 yeah, Bears county, type. Tommy, what was your batting average yeah, senior but year? My batting average was <laughs> over sure. 400, and it's still on the wall of my <laughs> high school. I think everyone knows that. <laughs> did you even do that? Yeah, thanks, Bob. Thanks for the tee up there. 409, <laughs> brother. But, uh, but by the way, the, the, the part of this that everyone's missing is that this is all a show. This is all an act. Like, most of this stuff is contrived. And same thing with Cam, same thing with all these guys. But anyway, to White Claw. So there's a White Claw shortage, you said, right, Bob? Yeah, there's an article that came out talking about White Claw shortage. I think that's, I mean, obviously, I think that's just another, uh, you know, it's another advertising ploy. But t- yeah, but isn't that because of the podcast? <laughs> it is. It's because of me. Because <laughs> even Jeff Manns went out and bought White Claw, right? So did Rob. Rob told exactly. me he just drank five White Claws the other day. He might have moved the needle on, on White Claw. 
<laughs> I think I, I maybe maybe the real conspiracy is that I am being paid by White Claw to get tens of thousands of people per podcast. Well, let's see what happens company. with that watch company now that you talked about them oh, for Richard, five Mel, minutes. Me and OBJ are in on this together. Kurt, you said I'm one of them in high school. I still am. I'm yeah, in, and you I'm, act like you're not. Exactly. That's the yeah. way you do it. Ben, have you had White Claw yet? No, I have not, and I will probably hold out forever. Good, because it's, <laughs> there's drugs in it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like hard seltzer, green. just, uh, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I've like been soil. drinking, my go-to drink is seltzer and Jameson. So I guess I've been drinking White Claw for years then, technically, right? Well, it's yeah. like seltzer and I vodka. drink scotch neat. Yeah. boy. Yeah, I drink everything that's in front of me. Whatever's left in my... Whatever's left in my fridge that I didn't drink from the night before just goes down. I'm actually looking at Margarita Moonshine to my oh, left man. right now on my counter. I don't know where the hell that came from, but that's that's dead tonight. Um, so, yes, my White Claw uh... conspiracy is gaining steam with the shortage of White Claw, which is totally a PR stunt that Steve Jobs started with Apple back in the day. Just say we're out of it right. like Popeye's is doing, and then everyone wants it because of the millennial follow culture. It yeah. all started with Apple, and it's just another. But I, I believe White Claw is a drug. And the other thing we talked about was the vape pens being contrived by, you know, some big money government entity to try and get people all fucking hooked on nicotine because half the vape smokers didn't smoke cigarettes before. They just smoked vape. And now Trump is saying he wants to ban vape pens. What's your guys' take on this? What's the motive? Yeah, well, I mean, I you're, there's studies coming out saying that, you know, kids are dying. From oh, it. yeah, it's really bad for you. But what's I mean, Trump's it's, it's, motive because yeah. of that? But ben, you said something in the pre-show about, like, then just ban everything, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take any kind of approach of banning, which, you know, I generally don't agree with that because I'm more of just free market. But, I mean, if you're going to ban any of that, should just ban cigarettes. Like, that, you know, people, yeah. there's hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people have died from that shit. So, I mean, if you're going to ban anything, ban the real culprit. But, I mean... Who's who's to say that it's not some um, you know big tobacco industry company that's like releasing some flawed vape pens into the system to just get them you know Congress on board with banning and the president on board with banning and then they're like okay everyone come back to cigarettes yeah that was my initial thought um, the uh, thank you for smoking movie just talk you know it's a good movie to reference uh, it just shows the power why that... are you speaking so quietly I'm still speaking quietly. Hello, very Parker? low energy. Say it with hey, your very chest. low energy. Did you did you smoke or do anything before the show or what? No, man. You, you know, know, I just had a long day. Um, anyway, so um, <laughs> thank you for smoking a movie about the tobacco uh, lobbies. Just shows how much how how much power they yield. So when I saw that you know the e-cigarettes were getting banned, that's the first thing I thought about was uh, the tobacco lobbyists coming in and trying to ban these e-cigarettes. Yeah, is that so they're in direct competition with them, right? Oh, of course, they're wiping out the tobacco industry. I'm yep. looking at a vape pen in front of me. I'm part of the problem. But see, I'm smart. I just do both. But uh, <laughs> well, you get I into every ban, addiction. Like, ban tobacco. <laughs> like, what the fuck is taking so long? I'm a smoker, and it should be. The funny thing is, I think Trump is just trying to ban the flavored vape pens. I think I read that correctly today when I was reading it, saying that that's the thing getting the kids hooked that don't smoke cigarettes. The tobacco ones are fine if it's a replacement of a tobacco cigarette. But these watermelon and you know evergreen yeah, ice and mint. Ones. Ones are the ones that are getting all these 15-year-old kids smoking vape pens so the, all over so the place. So there's the flavoring, kind of like the fentanyl of you know, of tobacco, kind of like how fentanyl was getting put into the heroin streams and all that stuff, and that's what's killing everybody? I don't know if it makes it more dangerous, but it definitely makes it more appealing. Right. right. It makes it more appealing to the youth, right? So, I mean, but the fact that people are surprised that people are getting lung cancer and dying and shit from vape pens, like, 
It's fucking nicotine. It says how much nicotine is on the fucking box. One cartridge equals a pack of cigarettes. Why is everyone so shocked that it's having the same effect as cigarettes on people? I just, and faster. That's how brainwashed walk, everyone was, that they see things. this little metal thing that tastes like watermelon, and they all thought, well, this is fine for me. Like, how long what does fucking it taste world to... is it not the same thing? Tommy, how long does it take you to get through one of those cartridges? Bro, I literally can only smoke these things as an in-between cigarette when I need a cigarette and I'm in an indoor environment where I can't smoke or don't want to go outside or I'm doing it. I'm smoking it on the air, you know, because I can't go two and a half hours. But even then, how long, how long until it's empty? I mean, I don't really hit it that much because it doesn't do shit for me. I wish it did because then I could stop smoking. But I mean, I don't know. These things last forever for me because I just kind of dab on them a little bit. But I don't don't know. I don't I don't know how anyone could use this to quit smoking. It literally does nothing for me. But anyway, the people about Trump, they're saying that he's going to lose votes and it's election time. And this is a dumb move. How many watermelon ice 22 year old vape pen smokers are voting for Trump? And no, I mean, right. how many people who would be voting for Trump would be like, you know what? This is the final straw. I need my <laughs> I, need, I need my vape pen. I mean, trust me, he's done way more controversial things that would get people to jump off than this. I mean, if anything, it's like... So this is the story of the camel's back, right? Yeah. There's like no percent of fucking watermelon ice vape pen smokers who are voting for Trump. Like, yeah, but it doesn't none. help. What? I mean, I, it doesn't help his cause, Maybe though. it does, because maybe their parents don't want them smoking it. And maybe mm. liberal parents are going to go, you know what? I don't want my kids smoking mm. that fucking thing, so I actually like what Trump's doing right now. I don't right? think this is going to swing the needle either way. No, it's not. It's not, obviously, but... Right now, it's the hot topic, and the left mm-hmm. is trying to use it as, oh, look at Trump. He's trying to take away your vape pens. But, Kurt, did I sway you a little on my analysis? A little bit. You've been doing that a lot lately on the pods, which is weird, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on point, bro. I'm on point. Bobby and Ben make me step my game up. You know, I got mm-hmm. professionals around me. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when we're one-on-one, you're just a complete moron. Yeah. And then when you have piggyback them, you have off like half of what they say and then put my little twist on it. Right. And then kick it back to you. It's good. Right. Good like that. Right. So, uh. All right, let's get to 9-11. So that wasn't bad, right, Kurt? No, it was pretty good. Quick. 30 yeah, minute like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Kurt Hold was on, afraid before of we start 9-11, hours. I want to uh-huh. do percentages first. Okay, why don't you leave, per- go. All right, so let's do percentages You've of... you got the conch. Not that it did or didn't happen. We know it happened. Belief that it's an inside job and our elite are somehow involved. Okay, so we give a real percentage, not like a hundred ten percent. Right, I'm going to give you a real. If you had a million dollars, honest to God, may God strike me dead. So if you say a hundred percent, you'd have to risk a hundred dollars to win a million dollars, or other way around, you'd risk a million dollars to win a hundred dollars because you're a hundred percent certain. I am a hundred percent certain. Wow, Bob, I say ninety nine point nine percent. Ooh, Bob's less than Tom. Okay, Ben, can't be higher, Kurt, because I'm a hundred. 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent. Ben, you're a hundred. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious, Bob. Where yeah, what's is that the point, point zero zero one percent? Yeah, what's that zero? <laughs> is that just because you're a pussy? Like, where's the point one? <laughs> <laughs> what's that last thing that's ninety nine percent of the nine eleven information I have? I got yeah. from you three years ago. Nine hundred ninety nine thousand. We know how it is. Like, get that bottle of like germicide. It says kills ninety nine point nine 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 percent of germs. So you have well, that's that to protect from lawsuits. Yeah. I don't think anyone's yeah. suing yeah. So you. So I'm just protecting myself <laughs> in case somebody comes after me. I'm like, <laughs> I said ninety nine point nine. Those guys in the suits in the parking yeah, lot again. Right. <laughs> that's right. And Bod, where are you at? I'm at 50-50, the QTN the community. Now listen to me. Now hold on. Oh now, my hold God. On. Let me finish. 
this kid in the pre-show is telling us that the cell phone records prove it 100% was an inside job. What's going on here? Let me finish. The QTN, we're at 50-50 right now. Now, let me say something. By the end of this podcast, I could go up, but 50-50 is a lot for me. The only thing I'm over 50-50 on is, like, aliens. So, this is a lot. You're going to need to explain that. I'm starting to rise, but after this, I think I might be higher, but let's wait and see what happens. Ben. So soft. You're on the threads, Ben. (laughs) Did that uh, sound like a 50% believer on the text threads, Ben? Oh, no. In in the pre-show, he's basically telling us he's like (laughs) best friends with Osama bin Laden or something. He's like, I know he did it. Here's my question. How many links and videos did he send in the text thread? Just one. He's the one sending them all. He called me before the show. Yeah, I'm fucking throwing you. This is not some mercy. This is no mercy. He calls me before the show, Bob. No, you about called me thing. while I was picking my kid up. All right. Well, you're picking my nephew up, too. You don't have to say your kid. It's, it's you're my kid. family. So, uh, <laughs> so I fucking call him up, Bob, and I'm like, yo, I was looking for a clip because there was a clip that I wanted to rewatch from, like, one of the documentaries. And I'm like, yo, do you have a clip? He's like, bro, you got five hours I'm like, what? He's like, I'm going to give you this. Fi-. That's what he said to me. I'm going to give you this five-hour documentary that you Let need me tell to watch. You something. Let me tell you something. Anyone that has five hours, it's called <laughs> September 11th, The New Pearl Harbor Full. Get the full edition. That's five hours. You don't have to watch it. You could play it like a podcast. It's going to blow your mind. And it's going to move you up to 50%. still 50% believe none of it's true. Well, I, I could go up. Right now, I'm 50. I'm still in the midst of everything. Wait, wait, Tommy. Tommy, my, my favorite part of that whole text message exchange where he goes, bro, skip to 155.43. <laughs> wait, my bad. 153.43. Like, you knew the exact second on where Guys, to go. I got the clip of that if we want to play it on the pod. <laughs> Skip to 153.43. Can't be 42. This shit will freak you out. <laughs> I no, got my, fav- my favorite part of the BOD's 50% of doubt is that he goes, you know what this all ties to? Asbestos, Asbestos. and cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still going on today. But he's 50% believer. You're 50, such 50. a fucking fraud. <laughs> I just want to know right, how much hold on. This one, is the crux of this whole no, thing. No, no, well, I'm sure we'll find that out in the next hour. <laughs> but I'm dying to hear this. But to Ben and to Bob, I have a conspiracy theory that Kurt's lying about shit on this podcast Absolutely to relate not. to the average man because no, he doesn't want to look like... man. Right, see what he just did? So <laughs> he's trying to... See, he just did it right there. I'm one of you. One of us. One <laughs> of us. So I he's am, trying to relate... I am the average man. To be to be more popular because he knows that we did No Mercy co-host of the year last year and he didn't win. (laughs) So he knows there's three people on this podcast. He has a feeling that come December, there might be conspiracy co-host of the year since he creates the categories. And he knows most of our listeners (laughs) did not come in as conspiracy theorists. So he's intentionally dropping down his level of belief to better relate to the people and steal votes from you so and he's Ben. basically doing Bobby. Like, what, like a general election DNC. I'm like, yeah, yes, he's doing pandering. Right. He's virtue signaling. Wow. He's doing he's Elizabeth Warren pandering. Who are Bernie Sanders up. free college. He's doing that like Listen, Elizabeth two Warren kids, shit. Like, two jobs. I got the yeah. white picket fence. I'm your average guy. So I get along with it. everyone. Please like, post some ben, fake videos of you out percentage? Ben, what percentage of you believes... That this fucking lying piece of garbage <laughs> is actually only a fifty percent believer that nine eleven was not what we thought it was. 
I'm going to say I believe that at about 5%. What do you think I'm at? I think you're really at probably 75. And then when it comes to the conspiracy host of the year, I think we'll see him start putting up his own poll soon. Like, what do you guys think? <laughs> so that what makes, percentage do you think I am? That makes me and Ben the Pied Piper candidates. Yeah, so you guys are – the fix is already in. Kurt is Russia, basically. Kurt is Joe Biden right now. But Bobby, you've known not. Kurt since birth. I so am WikiLeaks. Everything is accurate and on point. Well, Kurt's always no. been the more conservative of the two. So you know. True, yeah. but on this specific topic, what percentage do you believe Kurt – believes or the bod believes that 9-11 was an inside job i think i think he's at like 85 percent but i think yeah. two weeks 85. ago he was at like 10 percent. remember i always said like last podcast yeah. how he ends up being the authority on it by like day three right yeah he's like bro we gotta do a 9-11 pod i'm all over this stuff i did say that two weeks ago i said we should record it now and then drop it yes like he just but. watched loose change or something I did. <laughs> I started with loose change. Yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my first video. Yep. That's That's like, yeah. I mean, loose change is the right first video. The second edition. Yeah. So, uh, if you guys want, get to YouTube. Uh, uh, loose change second edition. Don't even it's go there. In the comments, just go to it's my actually... video straight from the jump because it covers everything from loose change and then some. Five yeah, hours. Well, I mean, telling people to go watch five hours of something, Kurt. You don't watch it, though. Just motivated. put it on in the background as you're working. Listen, the beauty of loose change is two minutes in, you're, like, cooked. You know, the fir- they do a great job in the first five minutes of getting right to some shit where you're like, whoa, if you didn't already know it. But, yeah, uh, one anyway. of my favorite ones is the Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth documentary. Yeah, that's a good one. That, that's a really good one. I haven't seen that one, I don't think. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a... Seen it. It's like um, 3,000 architects and engineers who did a documentary about, like, the actual, like, scientific uh, conspiracy Uh, they have behind it on, like, how they're disproving the real story and stuff like that. Don't they have a website, too? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I subscribe. First thing thing we should do is – I mean, we've done this before, so we'll just do it quick. But, uh, you know, where were you on 9-11 and what – what kind of changed your view on whether this was real or fake? Because I think initially everyone was just like, oh, shit, you know, two planes just hit the towers. We're getting bombed by the fucking bad guys. But, Ben? I was in seventh grade, and we were actually in an auditorium already. Um, there was like a one of those, you know, vice-principal, uh, vice principal-like meetings thing. They're just like talking about what's going on with the school improvements and all, all these things that are being done for the school and everything like that. And they made the announcement during that. And so there was hundreds of kids sitting in the auditorium when the announcement was made that it happened. And they were saying there's been a plane that hit one of the towers and everything. And, and everyone's kind of started freaking out because, you know, being on Long Island, a lot of our parents commute to the city and, and things like that. So there are a lot of people who I personally know were, you know, affected by this, people's parents, you know, died. Some people were wondering what was happening with their parents. You know, some people were telling us, oh, thank God my dad took the day off today. You know, my dad was working right outside of the city, so I didn't know if, how affected he was. So, I mean, it hit so close to home to us that they uh, they just kind of 
made the announcement and then said, okay, everybody, you know, we're, we're allowing you to go home for the day. Uh, and people's parents started picking us up and stuff. And when some people's parents weren't there, you know, a lot of people were just getting nervous and some never made it home and, and some were just, you know, trying to get back at the end of the day. Okay. Bobby. Yeah, I was in, um, homeroom for, by the way, Ben, how long after the, sorry to cut you off, Bob, um, how long after that, uh, ben, was it that you became believing that it was a conspiracy? Uh, a few years. And I'm just saying, like, even, like, 5%, right? Because we were probably all at zero right out the gate. I wasn't a conspiracy theorist back then. I didn't. No, nah, it was a few everything. years for me. That, it Probably around early 10th grade, late 9th grade around then. So two two years or so, two and a half years. Okay. Bob? Yeah, so I was, um, I was in homeroom uh, second period, and... Friend, you know, I was—I guess I was known as the New York guy down here, which is funny. Um, and uh, so people were coming up to me saying, "Hey, hey, uh, plane hit the towers! Plane hit the towers!" You know, all this stuff. And I was just thinking, like a small Cessna hit it, like a small private plane or something like that. And um, you know, I was in the one class, of course, where they weren't showing anything, and I was trying to get excused, you know, from class, and you know, the teacher wouldn't let me. And then finally, I just, you know, I told him, I was like, "Listen, I have an uncle that's right there." that works for Merrill Lynch. He's right there. I need to know what's going on with my family. I got to call my mother, all this stuff. So he excused me from class, went next door. But by the time I'd gone next door, the first tower had already fallen. So for about, I don't know, five or up until 2 PM, I didn't know where my uncle was. I didn't know if he was alive. And, uh, it was really nerve wracking for me because I felt kind of hopeless. And then right before you moving, are you moving back and forth from the mic, Bob? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, why don't we not do that? Okay, um, and, um, <laughs> and so and so I got a note. I, was having a rough I got a note um, <laughs> at about two o'clock from my mom saying my uncle was okay. So there was about a three or four hour window where I didn't know if my uncle yeah, was no. alive or dead. Yeah, so that was pretty scary for me. And how long after that did you start to wonder if something was up? Um, you know, the first time I saw the the video, I my first thought was, how did that plane knife through that building? And then I immediately just shut that thought out. Right. And it wasn't for like another three or four years where my um, my best friend started showing me videos of the Pentagon. Right. And how a plane couldn't have hit the Pentagon. And that's when I finally put two and two together. I was like I was like, there's something suspicious with the towers falling. And then I just kind of started using logic. Right. Got rid of that, like cognitive dissonance. And uh, yeah, it was probably like, I don't know, maybe 2005, 2006. The funny people. The funny thing is that people who don't believe 9-11 was shady or an inside job or whatever the fuck you want to believe in it. They just didn't do any research. Like right. that's all it is. Like if you ask them questions, they don't have answers. Yeah. So it's like if you don't if you close your eyes and listen to the media, then yeah, you don't believe it's real. You believe everything's fake. But this is one of those topics where it does not take much. If you're a scientific person, like Ben was just talking about, the science doesn't add up. The fact that the steel that was melting in certain spots couldn't melt till it was 3,000 degrees and it was only 2,000 degrees. The fact that there were, you know, science, the way the building imploded, everything scientifically, scientists and architects said it was impossible. If you're a, just a globalist, conspiracy theorist type person, then that doesn't make sense. If you hate Republicans, then the Bush thing, the Bush involvement doesn't make sense. No matter what angle you come at this, nothing makes sense from top to bottom. There's no footage of the fucking plane hitting the Pentagon. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, no, Kurt, there's holes everywhere. You. This is yeah, there's the holes one thing. everywhere. Every angle, audio tapes, everything. Literally. 
Yeah, you're crazy if you don't question this stuff. That is the problem with You're crazy if you think it's 50%, yeah. Kurt. No, anyone below 50%, they're crazy. I think anyone below 80 is a fucking nut job. <laughs> Especially if they watched a five-hour fucking documentary on it. Like, right. if you're below 80, that means you've never researched this. No, I did research it, though. And that's why your 50 is the fucking that's, insane. No, that's I can't believe I'm, I'm related 50. to you. Well, Go on. all right. Where so, were you yeah, on? I was at school when it happened. I was on the second floor. We turned around, and all you could see was smoke everywhere. And then we left school. Cell phones did not work the entire day. Mm-hmm. I don't think till the next day cell phones were working. So, yeah, that was it. And then I started believing there might have been something going on two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Which is perfect. It falls right in line with that QTN, right? Doesn't it? (laughs) But now I guarantee you, Kurt, right now has more information than anybody on it. (laughs) But you got to see my notes. (laughs) Kurt literally just admitted exactly what Bobby said. He fucking knows nothing. And then he starts digging, and then he's texting me, Ben, and fucking Bobby links, and, you know, it's asbestos, like, and all kinds of weird shit. Oh, my God. I have so much on this. That five-hour video is so informative. Yeah, it's a good – it actually is. It's a good video. Yeah, but – The great thing about that video is because they give the points. Then they take the people that tried to debunk this stuff, the popular mechanic people, the corrupt people. Mm-hmm. And then they debunk the debunkers. Right. That's so the best really part. Good. Everything that's been debunked is just a cover up. And it's all been the debunking has all been debunked by everyone. Right. But uh, for me, I was at uh, in college and I remember we were in class. One of the few times I went to my morning classes because I really didn't go very often. And uh, we were in class. We had no idea what the fuck was going on. We were kind of insulated and isolated in the classroom, like kind of almost off campus. It was like the furthest classroom, almost off campus. And I remember we walked out of class and we just kind of were looking around and it just looked like uh like the walking dead like there was just like empty parking lots like all it was missing was fucking aoc crying outside a fence like there was literally just empty parking lots and and walkways and everything and we just kept walking towards the commons and there was just nothing and then there was one kid who walked by who told us like the you know tower just went down plane just hit a tower in new york you know we went in there and you know it was crazy and we missed the first tower like a lot of people i think and then saw the second tower fall and I immediately just, you know, got nervous for, like you said, Bob, like I knew people in those areas. I knew people that worked on Wall Street. I had family members that were up in that area. Um, luckily for me, there was, you know, a couple friends of friends of friends, like three degrees away, but no one directly immediately tied to me. No immediate family or immediate friends uh, were were killed in that. But um, the time I started doubting it, believe it or not, was about three days later. That's that's as long as it took because I noticed some things because I was intently glued to the TV listening to I was channel to channel CNN MSNBC Fox News on every channel they were talking about bombs and explosives mm-hmm. and every the initial who was it you Bob that said the initial report no, I is was always remember the, Sam Tripoli always says that on the podcast and it's exactly right every Sam report, Tripoli is dead on with this yes the 100%. initial report is the one you cling to. The bullshit that comes out three days later, like there was two shooters. Oh, there was only one shooter or vice versa. The initial report in the initial scene of the crime and everyone was saying there was bombs going off. It was unanimous that there was bombs going off. Like every channel, everyone they interviewed, every firefighter, everyone was saying bombs are going off in the building. We heard multiple bombs, bomb, 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 bombs. And then the same people who were saying that three days later were like, there were no bombs, there were no explosives, 
And then I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was a known fact that there was bombs going off right. in the building. So that was my moment. Like, the main that, lobby was blown out, right? Yeah. Right. The everything. windows were blown out. Like, yeah. everything. The the it was just the fact. Blown out. Because keep after. in mind, there's only X amount of people in on this, right? And then everyone else, the firefighters, the police, they have no fucking idea that this is an inside job and this is fixed outside of that core group. So they're all just reporting what they're hearing and seeing. Yeah, These guys on the think, 20th floor saying bombs are going off on the 8th floor below us. Yeah, like, and, and with that, there, there was a bunch of people being interviewed who were either in the tower or around it who were saying it, who weren't actual like reporters. Right. But then you go to the – there's a video of a, a BBC reporter who was, who was saying that um, – and we'll get into this in, in more specifics in a little bit, but World Trade Center 7 collapsed before it actually did. She's saying it collapsed when you look in the background – and it's still up in her own video. So it's like she knew it was going to collapse before it actually happened. Well, there was yeah. people that reported a bomb or an explosion literally before the plane hit right. mm-hmm. from the bottom floor. And they said it was the utility room. Yep. And then and the, the plane the, hit right The interview that. with that one guy. Do you remember that Spanish guy that was interviewed? Yes. He was like he works in the, in, yeah. in the tower. And he was yeah. talking about how he, he knew it came from below. And he's like, one came from below. Yeah, he thought it was a transformer. Like. Yeah, he's like, the guy I work with came up from below, all his skin falling off, and I carried him out. Like, how does that happen if the tower hadn't fallen yet, right? There, and this, there is, um, and this is probably like one of the only times I'll ever do it, but to play devil's advocate on that, just because it's something that I've always kind of thought about is there is one thing that, to me, if I heard it was a possibility or that it happened, if someone told me, I would maybe consider believing it is maybe it wasn't a bomb, but if uh, if there were any cables of an ele- elevator shaft that were destroyed because of the plane and the elevator fell and crashed at the bottom floor, it would sound like that. So that's one of the few things that I would think no, about. No, they're the saying lobby. it happened before the plane hit. Right. No, I know. No, I'm, no, I'm no, 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 not before the plane hit. The there was 18 minutes between the plane hitting and the building collapsing. It was in those 18 minutes. Yeah, but there were some people after who were just talking about you know, there was a bomb in the lobby. I was, you know, I saw it. It blew it out, and glass shattered everywhere. And I was in there and stuff like that. And I would just say that, like, I've seen uh, videos of what looked like bombs on the higher floors. But I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that actually was something that happened—that an elevator shaft um, dropped to the bottom and just caused a huge, almost explosion. That would have happened from a a couple thousand dollars steel a uh, couple thousand pound steel box dropped yes and no and i'll tell you why the world it the building was actually separated in three levels so there was no direct elevator that went straight down to the bottom except for the maintenance elevator which was on the other side of the building from where mm-hmm. it happened all right and yeah then that would disprove what i was yeah. th- saying because that that to me that was just always kind of a possibility in my head of all right, maybe it wasn't a bomb and it was that, but yeah, in that case, yeah. then yeah, I would say... I, that they broke it that. down to where like the elevators went from 80 to 40, then another one in a separate oh, area okay. went 40 to this, and then this. Right. There was no direct line down. Kurt, please the tell me you have from... a schematic of World Trade Center on your desk right now as we're talking. <laughs> the best part of this is that Kurt is going to be the authority. I mean, that's unbelievable information. I'm going to be the 9-11 Wiley, guy? Yeah. I don't know how Wiley's he knows at, that. Wiley's at 50%. That's what's going to be the best <laughs> yeah, part. It's exactly. the Watch that five-hour documentary, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh 
it jumped me from what the heck is this into like 50%, which is a big deal. Right. Remember with Michelle Obama, I jumped from 21 to 26. That's not. I remember. I remember you telling me Those I was that shit crazy and hung up on me the first time I told you about Michelle Obama's dick, and then you're on a podcast talking about it. But yeah, so <laughs> I, I, do, I do remember that when he hung up the phone on me, like shut the fuck up. Yeah, you guys know the Michelle Obama's dick that hit the tower. What's that, Ben? I think it was Michelle Obama's dick that hit the tower. <laughs> 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 it's vape. It could probably knock it over. That thing's huge. I think could fucking knock it over. So for me. The biggest, let, let's, I guess, start with this. I think focusing on the two towers, because you got to remember, a lot of people right here are new to conspiracy theories and don't really believe this, or they're, you know, not like a real 50%. Like, they're a real 50%, not like Kurt's fake 50%. But, you know, a lot of people need to understand how to figure this out. I'm going to tell people that the two towers are the last thing you focus on. The mm-hmm. last thing. Because there's the thing that they did the best was cover up the two towers, right? Like, how, like the timing is like milliseconds, right? The witness reports are always skeptical. Someone will say one thing. Someone will say another mm-hmm. thing. The two towers are what they focused on. Mm-hmm. They fucked up the Pentagon tremendously. Like, the Pentagon is just, that's my wheelhouse as far as, like, you ain't even in a, you ain't even on fucking earth if you think a plane hit the Pentagon. And I know you guys, a lot of you are Tower 7 guys, yeah. right? So it's really the place where they fucked up the most is the collateral damage. This Tower 7 and the Pentagon. Not yes. the two towers. The two towers is, you really can, you can argue, you can be 50-50 on those two towers. But if you're not 90-100% on the Pentagon and Tower 7, that's where... It opens your eyes to go, okay, the towers are fake. Do you guys agree? Right. Like, what do you think is the biggest yep. thing? Well, that's a good question. We should all go around. What's the biggest thing that would move the needle for you? So my biggest thing is, obviously, Larry Silverstein. Asbestos. Well, <laughs> asbestos. But that ties into Larry. So, obviously, Larry Silverstein, there's so much. But if you want to point out one thing, the fact that he was there every day since he bought the building, and he had a meeting, a business meeting on the top floor restaurant and he happened to cancel it because he claims his wife said he had to go to a dermatologist appointment. That's the biggest thing and everyone in that business meeting died. So Larry Silverstein's definitely the center Insurance of Insurance policy that he took yeah, out. Yeah, there's so yeah. many things. But yeah, yeah that's my big thing. Okay, so Larry Silverstein is your bloody glove. Ben, yes. what's your bloody glove? Well, I want to piggyback off that for a second, then I'll get into mine um, about Larry Silverstein, just a couple of things. Um, the The market value of the property that he owned was uh, valued at $3 billion, and he made uh, over $4.5 billion from insurance. So that's you know, a, a $1.5 or $1.6 billion profit because of the attacks, which is very interesting. And then he's also on camera saying that because of the you know mass casualties that he recommended that they quote pull it which is terms for um you know demolition controlled demolition but for me it's world trade center seven and one of the things that i've spoken a lot about in the past with people who you know we had this conversation about inside job and conspiracies about it I'd say 95% of them had no idea that the world that there was a third building that fell and it was World Trade Center 7 and that it didn't get hit by a plane. And then once people hear that, 
their their whole demeanor changes and like oh shit really okay i gotta look into that like people who worked in the city who lived there and just didn't even know that this happened and i think it's because it was just never really talked about in the mainstream media because it was that was a big fuck up right that was a really sloppy job like to say that that building was the third building in history to go down from fire the third steel building like that to go down and implode and just collapse within itself from fire. Um, keep in mind, the first two were Tower 1 and Tower 2. So literally the only three buildings like ever to go down like that from fire are those three buildings. But no one, no one knew it. Like you could ask 100 people at a bar how many towers fell during 9-11, and I would say 97 of them will tell you two. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, and third the one they claimed was just from fire. Yeah. And Bob, you can give a little insight as to what was in a lot of these buildings and what area of the Pentagon got hit and what was going on at that time. Yep. Yeah, uh, before I get into that, I think, um, you know, my bloody glove is what, you, what you'll say. It was um, Operation Northwoods, which made me believe that we are actually capable of attacking our own people. Um, Operation Northwoods was like the uh, CIA plan. This was back uh, during the, uh, JFK. 1962. What was that? Yeah. 1962. Oh, this guy. See, look at this guy. He's got all the information. 1962, you know, CIA. I mean, this is declassified stuff, um, you know, planned by the— Explain it. People don't know what declassified means, so I think when you say that, they think it's like, oh, mystery man shit. Declassified just means— you got to really emphasize when something's real, you know, like, because we say a lot of shit that are our opinions that we kind of state as facts sometimes. Right. This is like MKUltra. This is real. This is public record. This happened. What Bob's about to tell you about. Correct. So, so, and you could Google it and look it up online. This is declassified information. This is out for the public. This was released that you can see. Go on. Right. So declassified, you know, oh. you can basically attain it, you know, Google search or, you know, if you're really thorough, you can always get any of these, any of these documents through the Freedom of Information Act, which a lot of people use to uncover stuff all the time. Um, Operate, operation Northwoods was, you know, a CIA operation um, basically to commit acts of domestic terrorism on, like, American, like, civilian and military targets and then blame it on the Cuban government. So we already have evidence from the 60s that the government was planning to attack itself and blame it and on— JFK it. shot it down, right? JFK shot it down, right? Right. They were literally—this was this got all the way to the president's desk. This got, yes, this got um, to the president's desk and, and shot they, it down. They were, what were they talking about that? They were wanted to do—they wanted to have uh, they wanted crisis to stage, actors. They wanted to stage terrorist attacks on Guantanamo Bay to justify military intervention in Cuba. Right, and they want they had like fake crashes, they had fake deaths, like crisis like, boats, like thing. blowing up ships, and yeah, they were going to blow shit up. Yeah, the main part of this was the tactic of using commercial airlines and swapping them with drones midair to confuse yep. air yes, traffickers. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. the huge part. And so when you when you right. hear that, you just put two and two together. You know, like okay, we've been you know we're ca- we were capable of this back in the 60s and you talk about swapping out with drones which makes you question whether or not the actual planes that hit the towers were the flights that they were talking about or whether they were swapped out midair because there's a lot of holes in you know a lot of the faa and the norad and all you know all the air defense you know miscommunication and uh, the the how about the plane that hit the pentagon disappeared then it can't track it at all they so did no, the other one that landed no in recognition of the plane that hit the pentagon it was nowhere in the airfield they have documentation they have videos they have audio clips saying we never even saw this plane in flight we lost it it went halfway and then we lost tracking it. yeah and i, and I think they the released, fbi confiscated 
like 84 of the 85 videos from the Pentagon that day? They released like a six-second clip of it from two cameras, and that's all they released. Yeah. Right, and there was a discrepancy at one spot where it would have showed the plane coming in. It shows that it was doctored in that one spot. Yeah, there was no plane in that video. No, there was no plane. None, none. And they immediately went to the gas station. Keep in mind, the Pentagon is the most highly surveyed area, maybe in the whole country, right? But there's cameras fucking everywhere, not to mention it's by major highways and gas stations and hotels. And there's a security camera right at the top of, I think it's the Sheraton, that was right across the street. There was the gas station camera, which pointed directly at the Pentagon and up into the air. And there was multiple cameras on the highway. And they said, and the people from there said minutes after this shit happened, the FBI came in, took all the footage, told, and told all the employees to fucking not tell anyone, right? Like, not, not, not tell anyone, but keep your mouth shut. This is classified information. Don't go out there running your mouths, blah, blah, blah. That's there is the scare tactic, right? Like, this is FBI information. You know, keep your mouth shut. But uh, they, they peeled all the fucking footage and away. There's no fucking debris. There's no engine. There's no anything. There was no debris. And forget the Pentagon. I'm, I'm getting off track on my Pentagon rant, but well, Bob, well no, it's, 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 important. it's important to know that. It's important to know all the details. Like, why is there no footage of the most heavily surveilled area in the United States? Why is there yeah, no big how debris? How is it not shut down? Yeah, how is it not yeah. shut down? And then you look inside, and like, there's still like papers that weren't burnt up, and like furniture that's still sitting there. I mean, this was a highly localized attack, and it just so happened that it attacked the accounting department of the Pentagon one day after Donald Rumsfeld said that there's $2.7 trillion of transactions missing. That was the, that's the key thing. That's why I asked you about the department. That's Tower trillion 7. Dollars right. There was $2.7 trillion dollars of money missing. Yeah, but the and then team the next that was day, set to investigate that what, was yeah. in Tower 7. Sure. Are you talking about the uh, El Dorado Task Force? Yes. Right. Yeah. You get your cue cards in yeah. front of you, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's ready. Crazy about Kurt came this. in ready. He announced that that two point. Uh, I, I've read two point three. I've also seen two point seven. Yeah. But two trillion plus was missing. He announced that the day before on September tenth, and the part of the Pentagon that was hit was the part of the, the Pentagon that was actually under renovation at the time. So it wasn't like it was hitting like Rumsfeld's office itself, but in like. Um, like Kurt was saying, what was so important about World Trade Center 7 is it was like almost entirely composed of um, like financial institutions, like big banks, investment funds, and but also Department of Defense, the CIA, the SEC, yep. the IRS, like all those records that were in there that would have been paper records were destroyed because of that. Yeah, there was yep. something like 5,000 documents. They had an investigation going on Wall Street, and that magically blew up in this, too. Yep. 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 And keep in mind, for those of you that aren't you know, aware of what was going on with the stock market and all that, you know, that was kind of right in the middle of the tech crash as the NASDAQ and all that was crashing from 99, the 99 tech crash. So hmm. you know, there was a lot going on with these big firms that were in some trouble because they were heavily invested in the tech stocks during the tech boom. And it was more than just that $2 trillion. There was a lot of documents which needed to go because a lot of companies were about to go under and there was a lot of shady shit going on. And they happened to fucking blow up Tower 7. You know, coincidentally, the building that had all that shit in it. You know, and everyone focuses on the two. Everyone focuses on the two towers and Tower 7 and the Pentagon. I really almost feel like the two towers were just like a fucking almost like I don't want to say a false flag, but it was almost like a distraction from really trying to blow up 
Tower Seven and the Pentagon. Right. Like those yes were much no. bigger blowups than the two big. I mean, yeah, because I mean, I mean that's spot on. Because isn't Tower Seven completely left out of the nine eleven commission report? I don't even think it's in there. Hundred uh, percent. And they, doesn't they, Larry Silverstein own Tower Seven? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I think every tower with a WTC prefix fell. So Tower Six fell. Tower Four. Tower Six is actually. Um, another big one that was uh, like an eight-story built. You, you won't hear about this one, but that, that actually that's the one that had the uh, El Dorado Task Force. Uh, if you look up that, which is in charge of a lot of the internal like money laundering investigations and stuff. And so then after 9-11, they redirected that entire task force to focus on like terrorism. So their entire mm-hmm. focus changed from yeah. like domestic money laundering operations to you know focusing on terrorism. And then you still don't know what happened to that money. Still don't. Right. No, no. No, it's hard. You'll never know. So supposedly they just finished a four-year investigation or what was it? 14-year investigation, whatever the fuck it was. Have you guys read about that? That four-year investigation that got finished like a week or two ago? Yeah, it was uh, some college in Alaska or something. Yeah, they scientifically proved after four years of research that it is physically impossible for those towers to fall in because of those planes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, why isn't that all over the news? Why would it be? I mean, it's the same reason why the Tower 7 was completely left out of the commission report. Well, I know why. It was almost rhetorical. Right, right. Like, why are they not showing it? Like, that's a pretty big four-year investigation that everyone was waiting on, and then the answer comes out, and it's not the answer that they were hoping for, so they just leave it off the television. Well, here's my question. You guys are in the Northeast, and um, have you ever shown anybody the video of Tower 7, like, with no, like, context, just saying, hey, what do you think this is? Like, just showing that, like, 11-second video. Or or just even— demolition. Yeah, I mean, w- wouldn't 99% of the people say it was a controlled demolition if they had no idea what the context yes. was of that building falling down? I think all that stuff is harder, right, Ben? Like, it's hard to... Logically, yes. Like, we're very logical, you know, occurred to QTN, which I think is a good That's term right. for this. I'll use QTN here. You know, we question every narrative, right? So it's easier for us to go, well, that doesn't look like a fucking building falling. Whereas the regular dumb fuck sheeple are going to look at it and go, well, yeah, it looks like a demolition, but it could also be a fire. I don't know. Like, if the floor falls down, then everything falls within it. You know? like, yeah, but to fall at free fall speed, basically I, but, it was the top 10%, right? But you got to be smart in. to understand that is what right. I'm saying. Right. So if anything, you had 80 tons of steel still intact right under it. So for right. that to just collapse without any force pushing that top portion down is almost insane it's like it saying have if to your drop ceiling from, fell like, down space. it would go th- like i live on the fucking you know right. i live on the 10th floor if my ceiling falls in on me is it really gonna go all the way through to the- no, no like, your floor is gonna, gonna catch gonna stop it. it right right the energy is gonna get caught as it goes down but this exactly. fell at free fall speed and didn't slow down at all which no. is the crazy part yeah i think they like tried to explain it as like a pancake theory right where like one four one floor falls and it just falls on itself and it just can yeah, like a domino right that's what they yeah but even if how, that did happen it would still have to go slower Correct. than it did right like it didn't slow down at all it went like down if there was what, no 10, resistance seconds? it would have been that exact speed or like right. even slower so yeah. so ben what do you want to add to some of this throw throw in your two cents here on some I stuff mean, it, for me, like I said, World Trade Center 7 is the one that I direct everyone to every time. Like, that's where your starting point should be or every single time you start looking into this. Like, because once you realize that that building came down, it was like 40 stories, it wasn't hit by a plane, they said it was due to fire, and it completely collapsed into itself, into dust. 
Like there's no possible way that would have been done unless it was controlled demolition. So there, there's nothing about that that makes any sense. And even if it was hit by a plane, that's not the way that a building would fall. It fell into itself, into its own footprint. So that's the number one thing I direct people to. So if, if you're even, you know, if you're less than 99% sure that this was an inside job, that's where you look first. I agree. Right, Tower seven. I would say Pentagon, but Tower 7 is great because the beauty of it is it wakes people up. Because keep in mind, a lot of you guys that are listening, after a few episodes, hopefully you're starting to go, oh, maybe these guys aren't as fucking nuts as we thought. And maybe you're coming around a little bit, you know, into the mercenaries, the no mercy mercenaries. But, you know, as a mercenary, you have a job to also spread the word, right? So an easy way to get people to hear you. Because the problem is when you go to talk to people about any conspiracy theory, the hardest part, and I think you guys will agree with this, is what this dumb fuck Kurt does every time. What's they that? immediately just go, no, nap, you're an idiot. I nap. do not. I always listen to the other side. You always. do not. You tell me I'm wrong, and then you, the week later I you never tell me would and... tell you you're wrong on any conspiracy. <laughs> oh, my God. You're never. So... Bob. Listen, I'm like... Please tell me that's you laughing, Bob, right? Oh. I'm laughing just because I've literally heard you call him a dumbass. In- <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, but exactly. I'll call him literally a dumbass for like every fucking thing I've ever brought to him. Yeah, but I won't say you're wrong. You I'll dumb call fuck. you a dumbass. That's not the case. And, like when you said Michelle Obama has a dick, it was kind of out of left field. You hung I'm up like, the phone the on fuck? me. Yeah, but I, no, I didn't hang up. You did. Was, you no, said I'm done. You said I would I'm never done. do that. I would never. I said I'm done with you. Just turn my phone off. <laughs> I just need to see and hear is, the other side. And then I go look it up, and then I'll call you a dumbass. No, Bob's first reaction is, I agree. <laughs> yeah, Bob, you and Bob are the same thing. <laughs> well, Bob trained me. Yeah. So, like, when you hear about <laughs> Flat Earth for the Yoda. first time, I you're swear like, what? To God, I wish you could have seen me and Tommy on Flat Earth. It was. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we experienced Tom on Flat Earth for, like, a three-week span. It was No, it was, like, six days. Six you days? had, like, a six-hour call with me and Rob about it. Well, you got to remember, I was I was knee deep in simulation theory with MLB model at, right before that, so I was like balls deep in the fact, which I still believe that you know our world doesn't even exist, right? Like that we're in a fucking video game. So to say that we're in a dome, like in a video game, wasn't that crazy from where my head is at. at that what point. percentage were you at at the time when you were deep? Well, I said it, Bob. What we put ourselves at? What fifteen percent, ten percent? Talking about flat Get earth? out of here, flat earth. I think I for was, a week no, no, we were over single. fifty for like a week. Really? Yeah, yeah. definitely for sure. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think you got to get there, though. I think you got to get yourself all the way up to pull yourself down. Sure. But, <laughs> yeah, it hurts the other way. He just keeps slowly creeping. I mean, up how many yeah, times did Thomas Edison up? and Tesla fail in a science experiment before they created some of the greatest inventions? That's the way I look at it. You know, just a bunch yeah. of science experiments up on the wall, and you know, a couple of them that's stick. It. Believe it till you disprove it. Right. That's that's my philosophy there. But so mm-hmm. so what I was going to say with what Ben's saying right there uh, with Tower Seven is that's kind of the shock value, right? Like when you show the picture of Michelle Obama's dick, people are like, "What? What? What is that?" And then it's like, "Well, that's photoshopped, right?" That's what everyone's been trained to say and think. And then when you show them multiple pictures, and then you show them Joan Rivers, you give them the visual evidence, and it's like, "Oh." And then you can open them up to the real deep conspiracy that the whole Obama family was created to destroy America from within. But the Tower 7 thing, that's what it is, right? Like, you ask them first. Like, hey, did you know a third tower fell? And when they say no, you already kind of have them, right? right. Like, you got right. them feeling a little dumb, and now you can kind of curb stomp them with, with the rest of the stuff. But um, any others who wants to chime well, in here? I would, yeah, look at Tower 7. I would look deep, I swear. Look at the Tower 6. That's a weird one, too. If you haven't ever heard of Tower 6, and this is like, 
I guess you'd call it like next level stuff. Once you learn about Tower 7, there was a reported one minute after the first plane hit that an explosive went off and it just blew a hole eight stories in the middle of this thing all the way yeah. deep into the basement of Tower 6. And then when the authorities arrived, there was apparently there's some vault in the bottom of it and it was yeah. just wide open. It was just open. So whatever was in that now, vault th- was extracted. Go ahead. What? Yeah. Do you think that's directed energy? Do I think it was a directed energy weapon? Yes. Yeah. I, I think I think directed energy weapons were in use the entire day. Yes, and in the weeks before. Explain. I know what that means. Okay, so um, directed energy because I, I believe it was directed energy, which makes sense why there maybe wasn't bombs or explosives. But go on. so basically, what they were trying to do is is directed energy weapons are used to like really localize the the damage that they're. I mean, they can literally control exactly where the damage is incurring, whether it's using lasers or nuclear or microwaves or the ionosphere. or For example, I don't know if anybody knew this, but there was a hurricane that was heading directly towards New York City, uh, Hurricane Aaron. You can look it up. Um, and they were reporting on it. It's coming, it's coming. And then, like, the day before, it just stopped on its – it just stopped and just redirected back out. Yeah, that was recently, wasn't it? recently like last year no no i'm saying this was 9 11 this was like there was a no we had something like this fairly recently where we were supposed to get charlotte charlotte was supposed to get fucking and then it like you turned out of the way right and you turned so this now we're talking about weather manipulation so we have a a hurricane that was supposed to hit and then it just it just detoured i mean it just stopped and just completely made a 180 um, and it shows all the news. Cat, you know, all, everybody in New York City or in around were reporting on this this Hurricane Aaron that was supposed to come. And then on the day of 9/11, nobody was talking about it. The sky was clear. There was a cold front, a very strange cold front that day. So it was almost like they were setting the stage for this specific event. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that's like really deep, but. And I always, it's tough, though, with regular people, though, because they don't understand that when we say climate change is bullshit and a lot of this stuff's manipulated by the government and all that. Right. They don't understand that we are already scientifically, mathematically, and there's documents to prove that we can actually control hurricanes, tornadoes, climate like there. We already have these capabilities, but they don't report it and they don't tell people. So everyone thinks you're talking about like right. fucking insane. Well, here's shit what I tell anybody that's confused about that stuff. We had a heart attack gun that you could shoot a little pellet into some – this is CIA. I mean you can watch this video. They, they literally talk about it. Um, um, just look up CIA heart attack gun. This is like 1977. We had the technology to shoot a gun and kill somebody, causing a heart attack, right? And there's no evidence of anything phony in an autopsy. So like the evidence is completely – wiped away so you know if you're given an autopsy you just think the guy died of a heart attack there's no foul play this is 1977 cia that technology um you know and that's where people are stupid <clears throat> bob that the more you dig into the past right the mk ultra the 1962 jfk stuff when they were planning a fake terrorism attack you know in cuba uh, for a cuban missile crisis and all that the technology that they had back then if they had all this shit in the 60s and the 70s, like, what the fuck do you think they have in 2019? Do you right. really think the Internet was invented in the mid-90s? No. Like, are you really that fucking dumb? 
that they hadn't been using this for 30 years and then they just figured out it was a way to kind of control the media and control the public. Well, that's the other so thing. People, you know, people think data. patents are just to protect you from like intellectual property theft. Realistically, patents are there so that the government can see what's going on and then, oh, hey, I, I invented a free energy, you know, perpetual motion system or something that's going to just destroy, you know, any type of, you know, fossil fuel companies or anything like that. And, um, you know, so then they come in and they say, hey, what you got there, bud? And they destroy all the evidence, you know, and then you're, <laughs> then you're left with nothing. That's what happened to Tesla. Nikola Tesla, you know, his all of his uh, labs were destroyed multiple times. And then when he died, the FBI came in and got all of his documments. They got all of his documents, uh-huh. you know. And I'm yeah. telling you, they've been experimenting with his technology Dude, ever Tesla's since. Tesla's been talking about death. Keep in mind, Nikola Tesla, Tesla is known as probably the most brilliant person ever. Right. Right? Like, literally, there's probably no one else. He was talking about death rays and nukes that could wipe out 100 planes from, like, 200 miles back in... When was he alive? I mean, he was talking about it back in the 30s and 40s. I think he was... Uh, right, 1930s, yeah. he was talking about all this, uh, along with the fact that, you know, this is the dude who discovered radio, uh, AC electricity, right. like, computers, robotics, radar, like, ballistics, like, all this shit, nuclear physics. Like, this is the guy who created and did all this. Um you know, he was claiming he had a death ray that could kill, you know, can knock out 100 planes from 200 miles away in the 1930s. And you're going to go, oh, well, he's batshit crazy. Right. Uh, the dude invented fucking ballistics and nuclear physics. So like, he created yeah, so it all. that's like, 60, 70 years ago. We're talking about manipulating uh, energy. We're talking about, uh, you know, death rays, right? It's almost 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about death rays. So... They killed Nikola Tesla. Now, here's a question. Have you ever heard of Nikola Tesla in any of your history books when you were growing up in elementary school? Now, all you hear is Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison. They erased Tesla. They completely erased him. And they, but what they did was they took all of his ideas. Guess who, guess who the guy in charge of searching through all his shit was? Oh, yeah, it was Donald Trump's uncle. John Trump. And here's what's great about it. So the FBI hires Donald Trump's uncle. I think his name was John Trump. He was an MIT guy to come in and to sift through all of Tesla's documents. This is why when people say Donald Trump's stupid, I, I, I say you, you just have no idea what you're talking about. So, so John about Trump comes in there, sifts through all these documents, and then he basically tells the FBI, oh, there's nothing to see here. Like, like all, you know, there's nothing of any significance. Yep. So what I think Donald Trump's uncle did was he saw the documents and he was like, oh, Apparently my God, he's, he's, got, he's got his eye on the pulse. This could be dangerous if it gets in the wrong hands. And so then he went to the FBI and he was like, well, there's nothing to see here. I'm sorry. There's nothing of significance, you know, and uh, that's why I but think. Isn't that where the what, Trump time traveler theory yeah, comes Baron about? And John T. Tour. And we are completely off. Man, we can. But uh, let's <laughs> get back to 9-11. So, Bob well, can't like we talk start for from... more than three minutes or else we totally derail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just keep me on track because I'll go on to some other you know, crap. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm doing. So, right you know, you, you can you can harp all day on whether or not, you know, what was used you know, to cause these buildings to fall. Um, You know, what I would just tell people to do as far as directed energy weapons or any energy manipulation or microwave technology used on 9-11, go to Judy Wood's um, YouTube video or, you know, presentation where she just maps the whole thing and just talks about how, you know, when you think that the government's ahead of your technology, you can't explain it with things that have already been done before. This was a phenomenon. This is right, something that right. nobody's ever seen before. And so you can't really, in my opinion... Imagine explaining the internet to your grandfather when he was 20. Bingo, right? That's basically the way you do it. Like, when you look at a lot of the shit, if you told your grandfather, hey, you know, when he was 10 years old, you know, and fucking 80 years ago, 
hey, by the way, I'm going to be able to pick up this device and take pictures with it and FaceTime and fucking get on the Internet and surf the web and I could find out everyone's phone number and everyone's name in, in Korea or Australia. They'd be like, dude, put this kid in a fucking padded room, right? Because it's, the technology's 80 years away. That's like what us or the regular people trying to believe in things like time travel and things like, uh, you know, genetic engineering and things like, you know, affecting the path of hurricanes and creating wind and cold and storms and stuff. That's what it's like explaining that. Right. So, and that's uh, what ben, uh, ben, I want your take. Real yeah, Bob, ahead, are you yeah, done with yeah, that yeah, point? Yeah. All right, Ben, what, what's your take? Do you agree with Bob? Do you think it was some sort of um, like directed energy? That caused that to collapse? Do you think there were bombs in there? Do you think, like, what, what do you think brought the, the buildings down? Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to agree or disagree with the directed energy stuff because, I, you know, I just don't know. I don't think there's any way to prove it. And I think it's, you know, it's definitely a possibility. But I think when you talk about, like, the nanothermite that was found in the rubble, which is an explosive and mm-hmm. could cut through steel and basically melt steel into molten metal... Um, it, it it just seems like a more plausible um, reason of how they came down and how it was done and things like that just because you actually have the evidence of it being in the rubble and you know that it can melt through steel and that, uh, you know, kerosene fires can't burn steel and melt it into molten, you know, metal. So that's like an example of actual evidence that you have that can really point to what happened and how it was done i mean i i can't rule out directed energy but i also can't support it as something i would say did happen because i have no idea i don't think any of us do but i would say that the controlled demolition aspect of it was done with bombs and done with nanothermite and while there are technologies that can be used i think you know it's right to say what bob was saying is like you can't imagine what they actually have that could have been used. So then you just start getting into theories and hypotheticals and, you know, well, what if they have this? And what if there's, you know, some satellite floating around above the earth that, you know, use a directed energy to bring down these towers? You, you start going off the rails a little bit of, of, you know, hypotheticals of what it could have been where you have actual evidence of what architects and engineers believe it actually was based on what they found at the scene. So I think it was bombs. I think it was the nanothermite. I think it was done and planned ahead to where you didn't, you wouldn't have needed to do, you know, something as, you know, scientific as the directed energy stuff because you saw the way that it fell down into its own footprint and it was, you know, a controlled demolition by any standards that you look at it. So could it have been some crazy technology that they use yeah sure but i also don't think that people who i think were involved like you know the dick cheney's of the world and guys like that are even smart enough to be able to get that kind of technology off the ground to be put in use so i think it's uh you know we probably differ from the ways we thought it was done but we more so agree on who was behind it yeah Right. No, I, don't, I think the directed energy was more at the smaller buildings. The explosions were more at the the twin towers. I think that was the thing. I mean, so yeah, I you, mean like I said, I we don't have any way to prove right. that or and, disprove and, it. Yeah, and and what Ben's saying, I agree with one hundred percent. This is where I Bob, and it's not that I disagree with Bob, but this is where Bob tangentializes a little bit and kind of loses Kurt's group that's going to vote for him in four months because. <laughs> 
Bob will lock into direct energy and just say, that's it. That's what happened. I baited right? him on that. Where, yeah, because Kurt will bait him well, into here, here, here's it. What Whereas, <laughs> could, could it have been direct energy? Sure. Could it have been bombs? Sure. Could it have been you know some other form of controlled demolition? Sure. Was it a fire? No. Right. That's the bottom line. Here's, it, it was right. not a fire. Like, am I 100% certain that this was all an inside job and that all the fucking... Ro- yes, 100%. Right. Uh, on directed energy, I'm probably 13%. Yeah. Like, you know, so, like, you don't have to 100% believe every part of this to believe that this was an inside job. The, the bottom line was that Dick Cheney, Jeb Bush, Donald Rumsfeld, and others were all on a committee that was going on where they were trying to basically up America's uh, defenses, right, or whatever the fuck it was, rebuild America's defenses or whatever it was. And in writing, in a document that's public information, and I'm reading it right here. I just found it. Further, the process of transformation, even if it brings revolutionary change, they were all co-authoring this document, is likely to be a long one, absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. Okay? And Kurt's documentary was called, what, 9-11, the new Pearl Harbor or something right. like that? So well, I'm this sure is this the doc- Patriot Act and everything that came out of this it. This was, oh, right, it, yeah, immediately, it was after, immediately after that, they put in the Patriot Act. They got America all united and, all right, we got to defend this country and blah, blah, blah. So there is motive. There is scientific shit that doesn't make sense. There is hiding of evidence. We still haven't seen the footage from the hotels and the planes hitting the Pentagon. There's been suppression of evidence. There's been murders and people have gotten fired. There's been story changes. There's literally every single thing that fits a conspiracy, not to mention the fact that there was $2 trillion in debt that was taking place that they just all got wiped away the day from the day before. And the fact that an insurance policy was taken out on this building just weeks before that by the guy who owned all the fucking buildings and profited from it. And the fact that the fucking bomb sniffing dogs we're not on the scene that day for the first time in like months. Like now, hold on, now, wh- stop there because that's important. And there's two things that happen that are very important. So on September sixth, they removed the bomb sniffing dogs. First of all, who's in charge of security there? Wasn't it somebody Bob. like a Bush relative or something? Yeah, it's, so it's a Bush, Bush, right? So yeah, it's, it's Mark Bush. Bush is in charge of all security. Same security. It's all bomb everywhere. Same security fucking... company that was in charge of uh, Oklahoma City when it got bombed yep. too. So there's a connection. And there. they were involved with American Airlines. Oh, yeah. Wow. So they removed the bomb-sniffing dogs on the 6th. Then guess what happened on the weekend of the 8th and the 9th? All was that the when cameras, they had, every that, yeah. technology, everything was shut down right. the whole weekend before 9-11. By the way, guys, everything does this remind you of Epstein at all? Because I know you all believe in Epstein. Which no, but is much one of the arguments from the debunkers is how would you get these explosive devices into the towers? Everything was shut down that weekend. Hmm. Every so everything that needed a card swipe to get into every room, everything was accessible because everything was shut down. No cameras, no card swipes. You can go wherever you wanted that whole weekend. So yeah, go on with your stuff now. Well, no, that that's my whole point. I mean, if you look at it on a smaller scale, it's just tough for people to believe that our government would kill three thousand people. Well, There's that's too many more coincidences. Motive. But that's like nothing. Like, why them. would they care? Like, they why do they care, care about 3,000 people? That's collateral damage. They went up to Hillary Clinton and said, listen, I'm going to blow Kurt's brain out and give you a million dollars or we'll let him live. What is she going to do? She's going to say, yeah, kill him, give me the million dollers. They don't care about people. She doesn't These care. Are like yeah, but think about some other motive that, that you had in that. Like, just, just something as simple as Dick Cheney used to run Halliburton. Right. When he left Halliburton, he got tens of millions of dollars from them. <clears throat> 
Halliburton was awarded close to $40 billion because of the Iraq war after 9-11. So he was on, you know, he was the, um, involved in the highest forms of government. He ran Halliburton. Halliburton was then awarded billions and billions of dollars to do the, uh, the contracting for the Iraq war. And all that stuff stemmed from 9-11. So when you have that kind of power where you could put that stuff in motion and make hundreds of millions or billions of dollars from it, what's, you know, a couple of towers and a few lives in the city that they don't care about anyway? Right, it's, it's, it's just collateral damage. And the other thing is Dick right. Cheney was also in command of NORAD, which was the, the air defense system on 9-11. And um, I don't know if you ever saw that famous uh, Norman Mineta testimony where he heard yes. um, yeah, Dick Cheney down. say, you know, stand down. Or somebody came in and said, hey, you know, 10 yeah. minutes till uh, – Ten minutes till whatever you call it, and and he said, you know, does the order no, still? The guy stand? was giving him updates, saying ninety miles away, right, right, sixty right. miles away, right. thirty, and he said right. nothing changes, and then it hit. I think mm-hmm. the thing that'll really kick people off to understanding, and I don't even want, like for most things I'll say for believing, but for this is just understanding that this was an inside job. The thing, the thing for those of us, like you guys through research and Ben, I think you were in finance on some level, right? Or no? Or Bobby, one of you guys? Yeah, I went, I went to school for economics. Right. So if you understand economics and finance, I know, Bob, you study this sh- shit. And Kurt, you just know what we tell you. Um, <laughs> the, the whole thing about it is when you understand the financial aspects of this and how all these big names were tied to the companies that were supposed to do the research, the companies that would benefit from this collapse, the companies like Goldman Sachs. When you start to see who the names are and where they're tied to, it all makes sense. Because most people will say, no one's going to kill 3,000 innocent people. But those people, what I'd like to ask them is, picture the most evil motherfucker that you know. Don't picture you, because you wouldn't kill one person. Picture the most evil, money-hungry motherfucker that you've ever met. And do you think that person would let 3,000 people die to get himself an extra $10 billion? Think of Christian Bale from answer American is, yeah. Psycho. That's who you think of. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Think of Christian Bale from it. That's how every Goldman Sachs executive and fucking high-end politician is. They're literally satanic on the level that they are. So yeah, you but can't Tommy, think- you made a great point there where you know you said – picture them killing people but then you also said they let them die so it you know it's not like he has a gun in his hand and he's shooting 3000 people right. he's just putting the plan in motion that let people die so he's not the one killing them but he has their blood on his hands and it's just a much different perspective from someone who is you know it's not like he's going and stabbing someone actually doing the shooting or doing the stabbing yeah but think how immune to it they are when they're sending thousands of troops to die everywhere every year right yeah and think dude think to put it to put it on a more you know palatable scale think about the worst person you know right now not like christian bale or like you know george soros like just the worst person that you know like a person that you look at and go god that person's a piece of shit right like everyone has one do you think that person, whoever you're thinking about in your mind, if, if someone came down and said, hey, guess what? This person you don't know in New York City is going to die tonight. If you let that person die, I'll give you a million bucks. That you never met them. You're never going to see them. You don't, you don't know anything about them. But it's your fault that they're dying because you're going to give me the signal. But I'm going to put a million dollars on your desk the second they die. The worst person that you know and went to high school with or now is really going to be like, no. I'd like to say no. The good people will say that. A lot of us here might be like, eh, "Fuck that motherfucker!" Right? For a million bucks or two. So 
There's a lot of regular people who would say that. Yeah, dude. I know some druggies who would have let that happen for a dub of coke. Right. Think about the <laughs> brokest, meanest person you know. Like, hey, I'm going to put a fucking kilo on your table and some random person you never met is going to die in New York City. Now magnify that by 40 billion and 3,000 people. Like, right. it's totally ridiculous to think they're not murdering people left and right. I don't fucking care. Now, but, there is a lot of moving parts in this, though. And a lot of weird things is all those people you named and Condoleezza Rice, nobody was terminated. Everyone was promoted right, after correct. this. Right. They all got better jobs. So everyone right. got richer. The rich got richer. And everyone got promoted after this. Right. And, I mean, listen, wars are good for presidencies. You know, we all know that. That's been proven for decades oh, yeah. to Right. Go. So like, then we went to Iraq, who technically right. had nothing to do with this, right? Which was the dumbest fucking... Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. it makes sense. We needed, think that'll be a whole other podcast. Yeah, well... Yeah, did, George Bush's poll numbers increased heavily afterwards. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. So okay. I always talk about manufacturing consent, creating an event in order to steer... Um, public approval towards whatever the goal is of of the authority. <laughs> mass shootings. Yes, mass shootings, false flag operations, and we have tons of evidence of this. You know, whether it's the USS Liberty in the Gulf of Tonkin, which was a false flag in, uh, incident, or whether it's nine eleven. What happened after nine eleven? The Patriot Act happened after nine eleven, and that sounds all great, but. Listen, that's the first time where the government went from spying on other people to whoop, turning the camera back on its own people. You know, and, and, yep. and our, I'm telling you, for, for people that were, gosh, people that were younger than us that never grew up in a pre-9-11 society, I'm telling you, this world is completely different than it was pre-9-11. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Everything have, changed. Um, so the, have you guys right. seen the, um, the 9-11 dollar bills Twin Towers thing? No. Was it a $20 bill? So, so the, it, it's actually not just a $20 bill. So if you look, and, and these are some of the older bills, but if you look, there's you, you can just search it on like um, you know, 9-11, dollar bills, whatever. But if you look at 5, 10, 20, 50, $100 bills, if you fold them all in the same exact way. Oh, you, shit. Like yeah, I have seen and this. And then you fold them up into each other. If you look at the $5 bill, it starts as you can see that what looks like the twin towers, like fully standing, nothing happening. Then you look at the ten dollar bill, and it looks like there's a, an explosion at the top of it. You look at the twenty dollar bill, and then half of the tower is gone, covered in smoke. You look at the fifty dollar bill, and it's just all a bunch of smoke. You don't see towers anymore. And then when you look at the hundred dollar bill, it's just a little bit of smoke left coming up from the rubble. Like it. it in increasing order of the bills like it it's absolutely insane and i mean you know most people know it from the 20 dollar bill where it just looks like the tower yeah the 100 dollar bill there's nothing left yeah if you look at each individual one in succession from five to a hundred you can wow i've never seen it this deep i just saw the 20 yeah you see the towers then you see them hit then you see them on fire then you see the smoke then you see the rubble there's so much example yeah. of like predictive art like that happened. Well, I mean, this is right. Like, this isn't the thing. Bobby's going to beat off to this shit all night. <laughs> but like, this is the shit that that we talk about all the time. Like, whoever it is, whether it's the fucking Freemasons or you know, whether it's you know, sat- Satanists or you know, the Illuminati or the people behind nine eleven, whatever. Like, there, there's always something in plain sight, right? Like, there's always clues and there's always tagging in plain sight and predictive stuff that goes on. The funny thing is, Ben, you were talking in the pre-show about a couple of shows that predicted this and stuff. So there's like more to this. Um, I'm like kind of this is more quirky. This is more 5% type shit. But uh, what were a couple of things you were saying in the pre-show, Ben? Well, 
probably the most famous one is the Simpsons episode where they're holding up a magazine and it says New York right. has the twin towers in the background and then a big nine on the front of it so it says nine and then the twin towers equal 11 like it says so it says 911 with the twin towers being the 11 and this is mm-hmm. a, a Simpsons a Simpsons show from a And we know the back. Simpsons have predicted like 2000 things that have happened. Mark Gronig needs to be like investigated the yeah, creator it, of the Simpsons. Yeah, but I think so a lot of those crazy. are hoaxes those Simpson things you see. Yeah, I mean like the, these are obviously aren't like These are fun. This is list. fun shit right now. Yeah. This isn't yeah, this isn't hardcore like the Simpsons yeah. predicted 911. Back to the future had something. Yeah, it's just crazy to see that kind of stuff. And uh, there, there's another one I didn't even mention in the pre-show, but there was a show called uh, The Lone Gunman. I don't know. Have you guys heard of that? No. So there was a show called The The Lone Gunman, and it was kind of like X-Files-ish a little bit, but um, the pilot episode, which aired in March of 2001, it showed a computer hacker take control of a, a Boeing 727 plane flying it towards the World Trade Center with the intent of crashing it into the Twin Towers. And at the last second, they like hacked it and pulled it off. But the, the whole episode was about planes crashing into the Twin Towers and um, being manipulated by a hacker. And so that was on the pilot of The Lone Gunman. So you could actually pull that up on YouTube and see that episode that they're talking about. And it's pretty crazy because it, it's... Dude, I'm still fucked up over these dollar bill things. I'm looking at every dollar bill right now. On I'll tell you what, look but up. This right is now. more of like an energy residue where something leaves such an imprint right, that it residues right. throughout time and that's where all this stuff came from subliminally yeah, and they if, don't know what's going if, on. If you look this up too, um, in the weeks leading up to 9-11, there were like like spike increases of like depression, like like uh, clinic, you know, diagnosed depression like around the New York area. Um, but yeah, when you talk about like if, if, you know, like time not being linear and, and a, you know, cataclysmic event like this can like ripple through space and time right. and go back, you know, and that's probably why some of this stuff is predictive. Who knows? But it's, it's kind of crazy because there's, there's tons of like predictive art. Like there was a card game called Illuminati in the 90s and there was one card oh, yeah. that showed a Pentagon smoking and there was another card called Terrorist Nuke that shows uh, Twin Towers being hit. And this is like 1990. Look it up. It's called Illuminati card game. Um, there was another thing. There was like a sculptor. Crazy. I think his name was Michael Richards, not the actor Michael Richards, but he was a sculptor um, who portrayed himself as Saint Sebastian, who was this martyr that um, like was was known as like having arrows in the back of his body. Um, that's how he died. And so he made himself into like this bronze statue with planes crashing into his body. And it just so happened his studio was on the ninety second floor of I think it was Tower One. Um, and he was killed on 9-11, and the plane hit the 94th floor, so two floors above his studio. And this was two years after he made this sculpture of him being hit by planes. And, and that's where, I mean, that's a lot of this stuff is, you know, we're getting into time travel and stuff like that, which we'll get into in the future episodes. But, you know, the, the, more you, the deeper you go down the rabbit holes of time travel, parallel universes, Satanism, all this kind of shit that we're really not getting too deep into yet, the more that your mind will take you on shit like this. Um, I think one of the biggest things to bring us back to kind of reality here was when they said they tried to debunk 9-11 by saying, like, whenever they say, that, oh, it was just a big oversight, you know, like the landing on the moon, right? Like the thing that got me hooked on the, whoa, maybe they, we didn't land on the moon 
was when they were like, oh, well, you know, we got back and we deleted all the fucking ways to get there. Like, all the fucking data is gone. Yeah. We don't know what the fuck happened. There was a fire and everything's just fucking deleted. You know, like, that level of incompetence by NASA on one of the greatest feats in world history ain't going to fucking happen. Right? So this 9-11 thing, when their excuse was, well, these towers were supposed to be built. They were literally built with the intention to stop fire and a 747, 757 crashing into it. Literally the architects who built it. You have to remember, these are tall of, two of the tallest buildings in the world and one of the most heavily flown into cities in the world. To think that the num- forget about a terror attack. Forget about blowing up the towers or 9-11. Forget about all of that. To actually believe that they fucked up when building the towers, when the initial mandate of the towers was to make sure that these towers would be impermeable to 10 planes crashing into it at the same time and any level of fire that could possibly come from that. And then to hear the excuse later that, well, it must have been flawed architecture. No! That's fucking ridiculous, dude. No. Like, who's not going to think when you build one of the tallest towers in New York City... Hey, maybe we should make sure a plane can't knock this thing down. Because forget about a terror attack. It just could be some jackass who's fucking flying a fucking plane and just gets drunk or falls asleep at the wheel or whatever and crashes into it. Shit happens. Planes crash. Planes go down. Planes lose a propeller in midair. There's no fucking way that they didn't build these towers to prevent from that. Every architect who was involved in the building said we 100% built this thing to prevent from 10 to 100 planes hitting it, no fire could have physically taken it down. And scientifically, it was impossible for a plane to take this thing down. And my favorite thing is when you look at the plane going through 9-11, uh, through the towers on 9-11, you see the wings knifing through the building. Right, Bob? I think you mentioned it's like, it earlier. It's like the Kool-Aid man busting through the brick wall. Right. Like, you oh, see yeah. the exact see fucking... But when you look at the Pentagon where a plane went through it, you see a 16-foot-long hole, circle, with no, no wing marks, right. and you're talking about a 153-foot-wide no, 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 plane. They the hole you're talking about is what went through the wall, which was like 100 yards away. The insertion was in the shape of the wings, but it was missing like the back wing and a bunch of different And the things. engine and the fin. Right. No, you didn't find any engines. There was no seats. There was no black box. There was nothing that would have resembled a plane. Like, and the windows are, were still intact, like, to yeah, the left. These are, it. like, two-ton jet engines that wouldn't just, like, disappear. Yeah, the engine couldn't have just disappeared. No, math, math, scientifically, it couldn't have. It needed to, it needed to be 3,000 degrees for those engines to disappear, and it was only... 2000 degrees like it was, it was mathematically no, scientific. I mean impossible. like not not even like be burnt or anything like there was just no engines there they all. claimed like, no the vehicle. whole plane vaporized on impact right yeah that's joke. what they told people that was the news report that was it was in the fucking reports that the plane vaporized on impact yet they were able to identify the hundred fucking 85 bodies yeah it's and the joke. black boxes were missing and Kurt, yeah. what were you talking about the phone calls? Go into the... All right, but hold on. But first of all, in 1945, a B-20 bomber crashed into the Empire State Building due to fog. Only 14 people died, and the building did not collapse. Mm-hmm. Oh, so... No, you can't crash a building from a plane. Like, that's... Not your, it's like th- that right there, just stop there. If you believe a plane... And, and honestly, both buildings crashed? 
Like maybe you say one of them, still totally unbelievable. In the but same they exact both way, went down. Fall speed. Both of them were built to prevent from a plane hitting it and crashing, or even fucking up the floor below it. But both of them went down. So both buildings were built wrong. They were both fucked up. Like, well, the, the first thing that you do in, during in a controlled demolition is you have to weaken the structure. So that's that was the right. job of the planes was to weaken the structure, or whatever hit it. Um, you know whether it was. The actual planes that were were discussed. Kind of also need a loud distraction, Bob, to prevent from hearing the bombs going off and shit. Too. What's that? Yeah, you need a loud distraction to prevent from the bombs going off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Too. But you know, because then any bomb that went off after that, if they needed to bomb it, they could just say, "Oh, it was debris. It was there was ceiling falling." Like, so Tom, you know, yeah. if we're talking about two buildings that had reinforced steel on the outside getting hit by a plane that's made of what, what's what's the exterior of a plane made? I was like fiberglass and like. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> no one knows. All I know is I've seen pictures of planes where, like, geese have hit in the front of it, and, like, the nose is bent and in. it's dented like fucking crazy. So apparently the, the geese, geese is, like, more dense than, like, in, indestructible steel. than steel. Yeah. So what hit yeah. it? That's and my next question. If it, Kurt, Kurt, you're, you were going to – I cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, about – are we going into the phone calls or are we going into Wherever you were else? going. I thought I think you were still going with something before the phone calls. No, no, I just said that was the weakest part. Was you said the, something about black boxes or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. They only recovered, like, two of, like, the six black boxes. And, of course, black boxes are set up to be indestructible, and they're bright orange. And they were talking about how when the World Trade Center collapsed, they took every piece of... They would sift through everything in New York, then they would send it to New Jersey, sift through everything, yet the black boxes are missing. Like, right. weird stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but they somehow found a passport, too. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Right. The and and, and they were able to intact. identify all the people. Yeah, yeah. And they found Which, a terrorist the terrorist passport. Yeah. Yeah. Right, nine of them are still living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. the, and there's a couple of things surrounding Bin Laden that really I think people need to know more about. And and one, the first one was on one of the other podcasts we talked about how Bin Laden. It was rumored or talked about that he actually died in 2001 due to kidney failure. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so when you think about that and that. They were potentially lying about when he was captured and when he died. You also need to know that he was a, a CIA agent for uh, he he worked with the CIA under the alias Tim Osman. So he was working with our government. They visited then, him in the hospital. Yeah. yeah, and then a few days after the nine eleven attacks, uh, two dozen of his family members were urgently evacuated from the United States, yep. and, and they were they were whisked away and escorted out of the country. And Is that, that actually was, made the news. I remember yeah. seeing that on the news. CBS. That was one of the things that tipped me off. That was in that four-day period or two-week period after it happened when I started becoming a conspiracy theorist. Because I saw that. I don't know if it was Fox or MSNBC. That was national news. That was mainstream media. Yeah, so he was basically an employee of the U.S. government. And so they lied about when he died. They whisked his family away. And then also on the uh, FBI Most Wanted a fugitive list when they had him on there he they never even put 911 right. attacks that he was responsible for so they uh the FBI said that there was no connection to 911 right. from Osama bin Laden yeah they said no but hard they evidence. used that as justification into to go into wars in areas that he wasn't even associated with mm-hmm. right and if you watch the Michael Moore documentary where they have the videos of uh with Fahrenheit 911 where they have the videos of Bush when he first found out about the terror attacks and then he kept reading the small children. Like, yeah, how strange you watch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's Cheney, not strange when you. Protected Cheney and, like, they just kind of left. Right. It's not strange when you understand that he was behind it all. Right. 
I mean, and that's why when people say we're hardcore Republicans and we only make fun, no, like Bush was behind 9-11 and 90% of the shit that's going on right now. Like it's not all Republican Democrat shit, but uh, it's like, weird. It, none of the flights were shot down. So if you go off course, yeah, come even on. like a millimeter, they're supposed to contact you. If Especially they can't over reach the you, there's fighter jets right by you. Right. So the big issue with that was there was war games going on. Right. Uh, an extremely large amount, and we had a lot of our planes in what Alaska and Canada, like which was nowhere near New York. Yeah, yeah, doing military drills. And what the crazy thing is, when this was going on, they were talking to them, and they didn't cancel their military drills until it was over. Yeah. Then they canceled it. But that kind of stuff them. happens with a lot of these yep. big attacks, especially like the, the mass, mass shootings, shootings and stuff. There's always the like shootings, drills always. going on at the same time or the day yep. before in the same Or Epstein area. murders. Yeah. Oh, the guards weren't on at that point. The cameras went down. Like it's the same thing they've been doing through the history of time. It's just a different event. It's the yep. same thing. Shut the cameras off, bury the evidence, collect the data, plant new evidence, Make a narrative for television, and that's it. And they just do it over and over and over and over again. And it's literally every fucking shooting. I'm not saying every shooting, but a lot of these mass shootings. Vegas, they did the same fucking thing. Bury the evidence. Bury the tapes. Bury the inconsistencies. Quiet the media. Move it. Keep it moving. Don't put out the documents. Just let's get out of here. You know, like. It's the same thing with all these fucking situations. Kurt, you want to talk about the cell phones. I know you want to get the asbestos. So the cell phones are a little weird because there's actually... We've been actually waiting an re- hour and 40 minutes to hear about asbestos, so get to both uh, of these. <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually recordings of people calling family from the plane from a cell phone, and it's been proven that you cannot call from a cell phone uh, 36,000 feet in the air. Yeah, you yet. still can't. Especially right, in even 2000 fucking one. Yeah. But, like, that's when the debunkers came out and said, of course you can call from 30,000 feet in the air. So people actually tested it in 2002, 2003, and found out you can't really go above 8,000 feet without it. But a lot of the calls are really weird. So there was one from a stewardess to her husband, and she left a message. And she starts the message with, listen closely. And then when she's talking, she's really calm. Did you guys listen to the recording? Yeah, yeah, she's very calm. She's really calm, and there's no background noise. She's just like, yeah, three people hijacked us, whatever. Then she gets a little emotional at the end. And then at the very end, you hear her say... It's fixed or something. It's fake. Yeah, so she said, kiss my kids, whatever. And she kind of says goodbye. And as she's rustling the phone and hanging up, she goes, it's a frame. And she whispers it real low. Right. It's really creepy when you hear it. I could play it if you guys want. I don't know how it'll come out. Nah, it won't come out. Yeah. I got to listen to that. Yeah, yeah, there was, you a, could, you there was Google another it. weird one. Um, they actually did like an ESPN documentary on... Bob, you're getting very hello, low again. Hello. <laughs> uh, there was actually like an ESPN documentary on, on this one guy who, who... I think he was on Flight 93, but I remember it was really weird because they were interviewing his mom and and she said, you know, yeah, he called me from the flight and he said like, you know, let's say his name was Tommy G. Mom, it's Tommy G, your son. You believe me, yeah. right? You believe he gave me. his first and last name. Who the hell calls their mom and sa- gives their first and last name and then asks, do you believe me? You know? Right. Which is kind of strange. So, you know, it could have been something like where they landed the planes. And I don't know. So, so Kurt, what do you think that theory was? Do you think they had a gun to that lady's head and said, you know, you need to recite this to... So... Go ahead. What, it's It's interesting... So the whole drone theory plays into this. If they replace the commercial liner with the drone, it makes sense, right? right. So the weird thing is, what do you do with the people? I would, And that's think, what everyone's answer always in. These people died. I know a family member who knows someone who yeah. died, you know? 
That's what the 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 counter argument always is. Right. Now, I would think when it first happens and you have all these people on the plane, if this is what happens, you would bring them into, let's say, a hangar, wherever, a military hangar. And you would say, oh, we're just doing a test. We're doing this. We want to see the response times because they don't know what's going on. They're cut off from the outside. You know, just call your family, act like there's a hijacking going on. You would have them play out the scenario, right? Right. And that's what a lot of these phone calls sound like. There's no background noise. I don't, in I any don't agree of with you on I, that. Yeah, I don't I either. I think there's a gun. Yeah, that's ridiculous. There's a gun to their head. I don't agree with that either. And they're saying there's something. Yeah. Or they're you, you guys what testing me? What do you no, think? You wouldn't, I, I think you wouldn't sound so calm with a gun to your head. Well, here's what. Uh, they don't really sound calm. Most of them start breaking down. She at the was end. so calm. And at the end, start. What are they rolling out in 2019? All this deep fake shit, right? Deep fake videos, deep fake audio, right? Where you can literally sound exactly like Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan, or you can look like, uh, you know, like your face can turn into anybody you want. Deep fake. Have you seen all that stuff? It's it's all over the place. So it's 2019. It's it's, it's a prepared cover up for all the shit. Bingo. What what else it is is to show you that I'm telling you this stuff has been around for. 30, 40 years, and how easy would it be to record a phone conversation on a cell phone between me and Kurt Galati, and then, you know, I, I go on a plane and may get shot down, and they still have my audio, right? So it's easy. it would be easy at that point in 2001 with the technology they had. I mean, you're talking to someone who thinks they can create a new human with our consciousness that they've absorbed from data on the internet. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I believe so they I, I think can mirror my voice. I think it would be easy to fake an audio, which would explain why... The son was giving his first and last name and then saying, do you believe me when the mother answered the phone, which is very strange to me. So that it's all. It, it, and here's what I want everyone to do. Focus on the first hour of the shit we talked about. Right. We're tangentializing that we're totally making up theories at this point on what we think happened, why, how we think this happened. You don't need to understand every aspect of a conspiracy. Ben, I think me and you have talked about this a couple times. People get into the rabbit hole of wanting to not believe something, right? So it's like yep. you'll watch and you'll watch and you'll listen and you'll listen. You'll be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. No, that don't make sense. Like, so I don't believe any of the things I just believed a minute ago anymore, right? Like the fact that Nikola Tesla used to walk around his building three times and use 18 napkins every time at dinner. What, are you going to discredit the fact that he nuclear physics because he was a fucking nut job? You know, like... You can't take the one thing and then discredit. I don't know. I will say I don't know. I know some of these calls seem real. They may be fake. They may have had a gun to their head. They may have been a terminal. The bottom line is that shit didn't happen. Whatever they did with the fucking people on the plane, whether they killed them, whether they sent them to fucking Antarctica to live underground, whether they fucking, you know, gave them new lives or fucking, you know, slowly pulled their families out. I have no fucking idea whether they they were on the plane that crashed. I don't know. What I know is I don't need to know the answer to that. And I'll probably never know the answer to that. I know enough to know that this shit didn't happen. I don't need to know the five millionth part of their plan to what they did with the people. That's irrelevant right. to me. And man. that goes goes in line with what I was saying about before about, you know, with Bob and the directed energy and stuff. It's like you don't have to agree on right. you don't have to know specific right. to, to have a better understanding of what the overall larger story is. Right. And that's the whole thing. Like well, what did they use? Did they use directive energy? But I don't know if they used directed energy or bomb. Like, I don't know. I just know people kept hearing explosives, and I know something knocked that fucking thing down. That wasn't the plane. 
whether it was directed energy or bombs or whatever it was. I know the fucking plane that hit the Pentagon would have been on camera. It would have caused a much bigger hole than a 16-foot circle in the building. It wouldn't have disintegrated. The engines would have been found. I know Tower 7 didn't go down from a fire from fucking debris. Could buildings light on fire in New York City all the fucking time. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way that that happened. Like, I know all this shit. I know there was ties to Rumsfeld. I know there was ties to Cheney, to Bush. I saw Bush's reaction. I know the ties to bin Laden. I, 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 it's, all, it's all there. There's 0% chance. That this wasn't manipulated on some level. Do I know every single piece of manipulation that took place? No. But I'm not going to know every single piece of manipulation of anything that I believe in, even if it's true. Forget if it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I don't know every single piece of information on how the Jets lost. Over time have been on you know massive amounts of fire and are still standing and didn't collapse and nothing happened to them. But these ones disintegrate into dust. All three. That's the thing. Like, show me one. If it happened me once one. randomly in history, I would think it was fucking crazy. Show- Let alone three buildings at the same time on the same day all did something that no buildings have ever done in the history of time. Mm-hmm. Like, not one. Like, all three of them did it. And Bob's saying there's a fourth. Like, come on. Well, Tom, like, you're just, a stock market guy. Head. What about all the put options put on? Oh my God, United dude, yeah, Airlines and Boeing stock were all like ten times I the normal average. Had someone go look into that because I was like, "Is this real? This could just be someone saying it. that's real." Uh, when I was when I was running a stock trading school, I had someone check and see if they can go back and check. You can go back in charts, and it's true. There were crazy amounts of put options, crazy amount of short selling in the futures market, which they don't even talk about in the videos that I've seen. But there was crazy amounts of selling on Boeing, American Airlines, and uh, it was one or two other things that were getting pounded, like, you know, at 20 times their daily right. volume. Wasn't there a lot like of that. insider trading? No, oh, dude, this was all, this was all fucking... It, the deeper you go, the more it all ties together and creates a circle. Right. Like, at first, it looks like a fucking octopus, and then it creates a circle. Once you start tying Bush to Cheney, to Rumsfeld, to the CIA shit with Osama, to fucking the oil, to the Middle East to the Clintons, to all of it, just all of a sudden forms a complete full circle and everything makes total sense to where there's, like I said, once that circle is complete, the circle is zero. That's when I have 0% doubt and that's what this forms. Well, that's why they say the rich get richer in the time of tragedy because this is a perfect example. Look how many rich people got even richer because of all this stuff. Right. Yeah, why did, they, why did it take them a year to release the audio tapes? Right. Why did it take a year? And then they didn't release them on national news. They released them like in these declassified documents. Just like like, slowly... How many people do you know that are listening to this podcast? If there's tens of thousands of people listening to this podcast right now, how many of those people have ever looked online when they hear a document has been declassified to read it? Out of, let's say, 20,000 people listening right now. Just try it once. No, you 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 wait to go on Twitter and see. Uh, right, you see, to you see, see in this, you get yeah. someone to cliff note it for you, like right. the media. Or yeah. How many people have ever read a declassified document? One percent. Right. Most. So uh, let's say there's twenty thousand people listening. If your guess out of the twenty thousand regular people, Ben, you're not a regular person. <laughs> out of the twenty thousand regular people, how many? Fifty. I so what you're saying is we need to tweet all this shit out when it's over? I think that's a, I think that's a lot. I would say it's like six. Yeah. I haven't even read a whole declassified document. <laughs> if it's a page, I have. But like these 20-page, 50-page documents, like I haven't read 50 pages of those. Yeah, and I think to go along with what Kurt was just saying about people getting rich in times of tragedy, you can look at this quote by um, 
Obama's chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, he said, never let a crisis go to waste. Right. Yeah, that was first said by Winston Churchill. You know? mm-hmm. oh, yeah, was and it? then it was echoed by Saul Alinsky. I mean, these people have been saying this crap for, for centuries, you know. Um, but here's my question. I want to direct this at Kurt first because I'm really interested. Who, which president was it who said no one helps, nothing helps a president's approval ratings more than a war? All of them. Was it Reagan? <laughs> I forget who it was. One of them said it. And Bush was, you know, in the middle of some shit before that. Let me ask Kurt. We've been, we've been talking a lot, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, how they fell down, what was used. So, Kurt, I'll ask you first, and then we can, maybe we can all kind of theorize. Who did it? Everybody responsible. Who do you think was responsible? So do you think it was just the U.S. government? Do you think there was anybody else that was involved in it? I think there were so many people involved, and I think that's why it worked out for so many different people, from Larry Silverstein to George Bush. to It just it was the perfect scenario for everyone, and so many people benefited. You saw all the promotions. You saw how, who was it, Russia, Great Britain, all these different countries warned us that this was going to happen. They said there's information saying Al-Qaeda is going to use commercial airlines to crash into a building. You saw how the high-ranking officials were told not to use commercial airlines to use other forms of transportation. Everyone knew about it. It just worked out perfectly for everyone. So, I mean, who was involved? There's probably seven different groups involved in this. Uh, My answer is the Bilderberg Group. Mm. Everyone who would be in the Bilderberg meetings was probably in on this. Ben? Uh, I, I think you could even put it at a smaller group than that um, because Bilderberg group, there there are a lot of people that you know kind of go in and out of these clubs, but um, there, there are more even secretive ones than that than like Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission. It's, you you got to look at the ones who are like members of all of them. I think those that can help you narrow it down to which ones are the, the big money players, but you got to also think like, well, one thing to really think about, right? Like when you look at like the Forbes list of richest people, they always leave off the actual richest people. In the world. <laughs> you notice like, that, yeah? You know, like the like the the Rothschilds and the queens and the royalty Sheiks. and stuff like that. Right. There's like, oh, Bill Gates. It's like, yeah, but what about the people who have trillions of dollars and own countries and you right. know own banks and, and, and all this stuff, and they never show up on the list? So. A lot of these people who may be involved, like you may not even know their names. You know, right. they're just kind of in the shadows. So. Oh, I'm guaranteed there's. I, there's, yeah, there's yeah, I think we have a lot of scapegoats in this that we've never known. Yeah, like you, you got it. Like presidents, they're in power. You know, at most eight years, but there's people who control the offices uh, and control the people who are allowed to even get in positions. Look at George like Soros, that. he controls basically every fucking Democratic nominee in the fucking history of time. Right, the like, so there's there's hidden power behind a lot of this, where you know they use scapegoats and they use figureheads, but real really a lot of the strings are being pulled from even higher than them. I think it's the Hasidic Jews. Well, I mean, I, I, do you think Mossad? I think they're the ones. I think the ones with the curly cues that lay in the weeds and no one sees them and they hang together. I think they're the ones controlling it. All. Yeah, I don't know. They don't even like it. Electricity. <laughs> yeah, that's why they stay off the grid, bro. That's you need. You need to be completely off the fucking grid. Did you guys ever watch Ryan uh, Dawson's video, "The War uh, by Deception"? That's a good one too. Uh, I didn't know anything about the dancing Israelis, but that talks about Mossad involvement. And then you can talk about mm-hmm. Saudi 
I wouldn't be surprised. Man, I remember like I said, that too. Like, and I don't know if, I, if there was something else going on that oh, so many of us remember that. It's weird. That one gets yeah. covered up because they got they got pulled over with a van full of explosives, and they were you know yeah. it originally started with just some old lady reporting them for cheering when when the towers came down, and then the police pulled them over, and one guy had like four thousand dollars in his sock, and they had a van, you know van full of explosives, and the, the theory was that they were going to maybe try to blow up the George Washington Bridge. I, I I would look more into that video as well, but um, so the th- and then the, the weird thing was is they got sent back to Israel, and a year later they appeared on some show that was kind of like a Oprah type show, and they said that they were sent there to observe the uh, event, so which means they had prior knowledge of it. So yeah. um, I'm not saying all Jews, just the history. Oh no 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 no, we're not, I'm not talking about you know my good friend. We're not no talking, my statement. Yeah. I, I yeah I think the curly cues are behind all of it. Right right. I think they're at the bot the bottom of all. Sure. Of it. <laughs> But uh, so, Kurt, can we fuck? We got to wrap this up. We're at two hours. Can you fucking tell us what this asbestos thing is, please? Well, when you look at it, the Twin Towers were basically run down. Uh, maintenance got out of control. And right. one of the reasons why was because of asbestos. So there was asbestos in everything from the ceiling tiles to the paneling to the fireproofing in the elevator shaft. Now, why is that important? It costs. Tell us, Kurt. Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm excited to hear it. So anytime they did maintenance on a floor, it would cost almost a million dollars to renovate because asbestos removal in itself was hundreds of thousands of dollars. So they estimated it was something like $2 billion to remove all the asbestos in the building. So there was a lawsuit going on for one or two years with New Jersey, New York, trying to say insurance should have to pay to get it removed. They ended up losing the lawsuit. And then that's when uh, Larry Silverstein came in and bought the buildings, which is weird, because why, why would, would you buy, buy these? Exactly. Why would you buy this? Not only did he buy it, they said he was in a rush to buy it. They said he was in a car crash. He was on morphine, had his doctor take him off the morphine so he can go and get this deal done. So he rushed to get the deal, bought that insurance, bought, what, a $3 billion in terrorism insurance when terrorism was like nothing in 2001. Right. So he sped up all that, and then he benefited the most by these falling down because now he got three new buildings out of it yeah. and made money on the insurance. So, so that's why I say Larry Silverstein was just the guy that benefited from this. And you only 50% believe that, right? Uh, well, that's my big thing is Larry Silverstein. So and the asbestos, percent Yeah, but you still see the asbestos today when they're – in court I know, trying to get dude, money. Listen, Italian, my Italian people have been burning down restaurants for insurance money from the beginning <laughs> of time. A, we started this shit. Trick. We taught you motherfuckers this shit. Because you got to think about it. If there was no asbestos the restaurants in these going buildings, under, burn the motherfucker down. Get the insurance money. That's they call it Jewish lightning because it's Italian lightning. You know the- yeah, fuck. The Italians and the Jews, we're like almost <laughs> the same. Like we're really the right. same. We're very little differences. You know, we're just a little more barbaric and they're a little better with money. Sure. But like we're really the same in the way we approach things. But uh, and we kind of both have big noses too, but um, yeah, no. So Kurt, have you changed from fifty percent, or are you still fifty percent? Oh, I did jump up a little. Mm-hmm. I'm at fifty eight point six. So that means my majority is there's an inside job on this. But I didn't finish my five hour documentary. I'm about four hours and fifty five oh, okay. minutes okay. in, so I got a little more to go. Well, you guys don't need to watch it anymore because I think every piece of information Kurt had just came from that documentary. I actually so. have a lot more that we didn't cover. <laughs> yeah, there is. A, I mean, we, we could say we said you could do a 24 hour podcast yeah. on this. We didn't even cover that. the one flight where they supposedly fought 
the terrorists and they brought it down in a field? No. You want to That's touch on the whole quick? thing, but yeah, we, we won't touch on it quick. We're on the fucking 9/11 podcast. Give it, give it two minutes. No, I mean, I, there's a lot. So again, it was kind of like the uh, Pentagon, where the plane just kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like there was no debris, and then like the next day, they found little pieces of debris like six miles away. Yet there was no wind or anything, and a lot of people were reporting there was like a little white plane. Yeah. They saw before Everyone this all said happened. they saw that little plane. There was, yeah. a, there was a lot of people that said they saw a little chartered plane. And what's weird is they heard uh, the recordings on flight, and they said that the people never made it into the cockpit, and apparently they heard the terrorists talking, and the one guy kept saying, put it down here, put it down here. And it's weird, because why would you put it down in just an open field? And one of the guy's theories, which actually makes a lot of sense, is when you have all this going on, all this tragedy, you want a hero. And that's where the story came out that they fought them and they took it down, saving the White House or whatever. It's it's interesting to go down that rabbit hole. I just think there's it's just it's just insane for people not to believe it. So hopefully at the end of this, if you'll do nothing else, just start doing research. Just yeah, but start- it's just insane. All these planes were going on and not one fighter jet took it down. Yeah. <laughs> just it's that in general insane. is insane. And- it's all insane. Every part of this is fucking insane. The, just the core premise of those two buildings collapsing within themselves is fucking insane. Like, could you imagine the, core, the, Pentagon the main getting scene hit. that we see from this is the most insane thing, and people still ignore that. And you need to prove other shit to get them to believe it. Like, just look at the buildings fall. <laughs> the plane's not doing that. Like, Jesus, fuck! How dumb are you? But I don't know, Ben. Any uh, final words here on nine eleven? No, I, I just want to say, you know, never forget, just remember it, understand that, you know, we are a country, no matter what our differences are, we all have a lot in common and we all get affected uh, the same but differently from a lot of these events. And, you know, we can't let external um, enemies or other people who disagree with our philosophy of the world is tear us apart from the outside. Um I, I think the only thing that could really bring us down is from the inside. So we, we saw after 9-11 how everyone kind of came together and we stood together as one. And I feel like that's kind of the way that we need to approach things moving forward because we're, we're you know, as a country, we're more apart than ever since maybe like Civil War times. I think we're but, worse. Yeah, it's, it's Honestly, definitely Honestly, I think it's almost worse than Civil War times because you really – had two groups separated back then, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I'm not trying to say, like, this is worse times. Like, I would much rather be someone pissed off now than an African-American 100 years ago, right? But when you're looking, it was really like they broke, America was broken up into, like, two classes, right? It's like you were either white or you weren't white, right? Like, that's how it was. Now it's like everyone hates everything about everyone else who isn't exactly them. You know, so it's like you don't even have two sides like back then. You did, now you have a million sides where everyone is just if you're not exactly like me, you're the devil. I think it's right. this. This is how you really bring something down from within when you get your own people fighting with your own people to the level that we are right now. I agree. Yeah. And it's and it's that's the reason we won't have a war. That's what I've been telling Bobby. Remember, I keep telling Bobby, Bobby, we need a war. Bobby, we need something big. We need a war. We need a war. Everyone's like, oh, watch out for Kim Jong. un. No, fuck. They will not let a war happen right now. 
The whole mission is to divide America up into a trillion little pieces and then break it. You know, Bobby said before, you need to weaken the structure before you could destroy the building. They're well, weakening the structure people... of America before they destroy our whole entire culture and basically humanity. So the last thing they'll want to happen is a big global war going on that's going to unite us all. Think about it. If we start getting bombed by North Korea, you're not going to care Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, gay, straight, activist, not. We're all going to be like, let's unite. And that, that'll basically control, alt, delete all the fucking programming and divisiveness that have taken place. So I think we are the safest that we've ever been from a war. They will not let anything happen right now because we're killing ourselves from within. And I think every country around the world sees that. I agree. Yeah. But any final words, Bob, on any of this? Say Bob or Bob. Bob. Uh, to me? Yeah, I just, uh, yeah. you know, kind uh-huh. of picking back off of what uh-huh. Ben said, you know. Here's um, Monsters, Inc. What's go. that? What movie are you going <laughs> to refer to today? Nah, no, mo- no movies today, guys. <laughs> Here's where we get into we get into movies. I just want to say this because, you know, like five years ago, I would have been under the mindset like, oh, how dare you question, you know, the buildings, you know, have some respect for those who died. And, and now I say the best way to honor those who died is to, to, to get to the, the bottom of everything. And, um, you know, because if a family member of mine had died or just, you know, in any situation, if a family member of mine got murdered, I would like, well, like to know who was responsible. And I think the best way we can was, honor it is to talk about it, not to shove it under the rug, but to talk about it like we're doing today. Listen to yeah. me. People go on. You're 100 percent right here, Bob. And I actually wanted to lead with this. So I'm glad you just brought this right. up. When someone, we've all had family members die. We've all had family members maybe be raped or maybe it wasn't death, but have like an accident that was suspect or something. Whenever something tragic happens to a family member of yours, it is your lifelong mission to get to the fucking truth. People go literally insane when their children go missing, spending their whole lives searching for the fucking kidnapper until they get put in insane asylums. Right. You know, where they need to know what really went on, who really did this. So for anyone out there to say it is disrespect, I didn't post the conspiracy video, the podcast on 9-11 because of dumb fucks, right. not because it was the right thing to do because of dumb fucks. You're going to go, that's disrespectful. I just don't want to deal with it. But the reality is that whether you had people die in this situation or not, or had people close to you affected, we've all had people, if we didn't have someone personally die in it, we all have friends who lost their father or lost their mother or lost a cousin. Well, we've all been affected by it on some level. But for you to think that the key to this and respecting their death isn't to find out exactly what the fuck really happened and why they're hiding shit so that maybe we could either expose it or prevent it from happening again or be more prepared and defensive ourselves in the future or just to have that knowledge. Because a lot of people will say, oh, if you get to the bottom of it, what good is it going to do? Well... What good does it do for the mother to know that it was, you know, John Anderson who killed her son? It doesn't do any good for her long term. But you know what? It eases her mind that she actually knows the truth. So, yes, this is an important thing that needs to be done. Everything should be investigated. Everything should be questioned. And then you're doing your responsibility and actually honoring the poor victims who were basically murdered by our own government. Correct. And, and the other thing is when we talk about, oh, Mossad did it, oh, Al-Qaeda did it, oh, this, we're not talking about the individual people. We're not talking about, you know, my friend Ben, you know, like, so I'm not like 
you know, that just because we're, I'm talking about Mossad doesn't mean I'm anti-Semitic towards all Jews, or just because I'm talking about Al-Qaeda or whatever doesn't mean I'm, I'm Islamophobic or anything like that. We're talking about corruption at the top, not the individual people. It's the same thing when we talk about the FBI. We're not talking about your uncle who worked for the FBI or somebody who worked for the Department of Defense. In a, in a, you know, same thing with – we talk about NASA, how, like, all these jobs are very segmented. You're in your one little lane, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about these people. We're talking about the people at the top. And that's what we're trying yeah. to get to. So, if someone starts shitting on the crime bosses in the mafia, I don't think they're making fun of me as an Bingo. Italian. Bingo, exactly. You know, like it's like that's not me. They just happen to have the same nationality. Kurt, final words? Uh, not much, but this is the one conspiracy that could change the world if the truth ever did get out. Right. If that's yeah. the truth, because think about well, what's it. What's the truth? Yeah. What's yeah. the truth there? I mean, yeah, Kurt. I'm leaning towards because I'm 58. <laughs> percent I'm leaning towards. I'm saying like. If God came down and said you want to know one thing and you say 9-11, he says it's an inside job, think what happens to our country. Because that now think about the fact that the reason people don't want you uh, questioning mass shootings is because 12 people died today. And then if you could go and if it was fact, well, 300, 3,000 people were killed by the government during 9-11. You don't think they'd kill 14, 10-year-olds? You know, like... It makes everything believable. Right. Everything. Right. No, that becomes the benchmark, right? Well, what gives like, conspiracies bad names is when, like, people say the planes were holograms and no one died or anything like that. Right. Just like the school shootings, no one really died. So that's where everyone gets so sensitive about. But Well, some of that could be inserted, too, saying. as, like, a counterintelligence, you know, to, to make right. it unbelievable. Controlled opposition. Discredit yeah. QTNs, yeah. Yeah, so... Anyway, all right, boys. I think we did a pretty good job with it. We made it in about two hours, as expected. I'm just proud of myself that my first four topics only went 25 minutes, so Kurt didn't yell at me. <laughs> but um, all right. So uh, for Benjamin, Ben, what's your Twitter? X Benjamin X. X Benjamin X. That is not a porn site. That is Ben's Twitter account. <laughs> that does sound like a porn. Bob at Bob's Lessons. B O B S Lessons. And Kurt is at the bod no mercy guys i know it's still early but vote for me for co-host conspiracy of the year it's coming up actually in a couple months i'm the people's champ i knew it i knew it, I knew <laughs> it. how can you be the co-host I of the year when you don't believe in the fucking knew it i told you this was happening Pander. I, t- I called him out, dude. I'm ninety. Get him a Kamala Harris bus doing. and just let him tour around the country. Oh my god! Vote it. for the bot. <laughs> I fucking knew it. A vote for the bot is a vote against conspiracy theorists. <laughs> what are you talking about? Fifty six percent, dude. Do not vote for the bot ever for anything. I thought it was fifty eight. Fifty eight percent. I just dropped it because I got pissed. I'm going to do what Kurt does in his polls to cheat. I'm going to put Ben and Bob together versus Kurt. What? So no, I never join. cheat on the polls. Never. Oh, God. You're such a fucking... You're such a liberal. Yeah, right. You probably make fake accounts so you can vote for yourself. <laughs> oh, he's such a cheater. He posts them at certain times. He does all no. kinds of shit. He, he I have never... Up, I always cheat against pairs myself. Pairs himself up with Mad yeah, Lab on him. No. And just create burner accounts and, you know... Yeah. He, he, he looks at trending Twitter topics and makes the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm 56% sure guys. that Kurt rigs the Twitter polls. But for Ben, for Bob... And the uh, corrupted liberal bot. I never won a poll. Yeah, well, you never. You won tagline of the year for a tagline that was invented fifty years ago. It's not even yours. Listen, (laughs) let's get weird. That's not yours. Really good at mind control. (laughs) MK Ultra. You're the corrupt one. I know. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. 
I gotta let me think of a new exit line right now. You do for Bob, for Ben, for the kid that won't shut up. I am Tommy G. <laughs> Good luck and stay questioning. Ooh. Mm. Ah, how about that, huh? <laughs> Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Oh.